That's right, guys. I am a Barbie boy living in my Barbie world. We are here to discuss the greatest franchise of all time, the greatest cinematic universe. The MCU can step aside because we have the BCU here, the Barbie cinematic universe. We are talking about Barbie, which is becoming everyone's favorite film, everyone's checking it out, but people tend to forget about the golden era. You know, when Barbie was big with the real kids, all right? We're talking about the golden era from 2000 to 2010. Barbie made a name for herself in 15 other films, and we're going to see if these 15 are just as great and iconic as the newest Barbie movie. So sit back. We're going to be ranking and discussing in our own arbitrary list of all things Barbie. And to break it all down, we have a new guest coming on. She's the biggest Barbie fan I could find on the streets. So here she is <laughs> to talk all things Barbie. We have Dewey. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm very thankful to be here. So thank you for inviting me. Of course, of course. And before we jump into the list, I love just kind of feeling out the guest on this topic, especially when it comes to Barbie. What's your experience with Barbie? It was this, you know, all the way back to Nutcracker and Swan Lake. <laughs> was this the girl you would go to as a child uh, when it comes to film? Of course, um, I loved Barbie movies growing up, and I had a bunch of Barbies, and I always used to, you know, play with them and cut their hair and all that stuff, and I was obsessed with the the beginning movies, um, so especially Swan Lake and The Nutcracker and all that, so very Barbie-verse, I should say. <laughs> so you would create your own creepy Barbies, or weird I Barbies, would, yeah. that's what it was called. Weird Barbies, yeah. yeah. I would uh, draw on their face, cut their hair, oh uh, change the legs, all that kind oh, of my stuff. <laughs> oh, no, no, that's a step above Weird Barbie. That's like Sid from Toy Story. Yeah. That's terrifying. A little bit of Sid vibe. Oh, sure, my God. Oh, but... yeah. You like attach any like metallic legs to any of them? No? Of course. Yeah, like taking yeah. off the legs and, and the arms and the heads, even putting different heads on different bodies, you know. No, I don't know, but <laughs> it's good to know. Um, yeah, I have absolutely no experience with Barbie. I, this was literally my first time watching any of these movies uh, for the first what? time you in never my life. Played with, you never played with Barbies as kids? I didn't, but my brother did. And, you know, Mia's like an eight or nine-year-old. I would make fun of my brother, who was like six, Aww. for playing with Barbies. Respect to your brother. Yeah, and, and you know... My brother didn't give a fuck. He was like, whatever. I'm going to play my fucking Barbies. Like, he didn't care. I so, love yeah. that. No, good for him. And, like, who am I to make fun of someone for playing with Barbies? I play with, like, toy dinosaurs or G.I. Joe. Like, I, I you know, <laughs> they're not much cooler than a Barbie. So, you know. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Uh, that was my only experience with Barbies. And I couldn't even tell you what Barbies he was playing with. I'm pretty sure. The legs belonged to them. I don't think he like swapped them around like <laughs> you. Uh, so he didn't. He didn't get that crazy into the Barbie lore. But uh, I don't think he cut their hair or anything. He just played with them like a normal person. What? What a loser! Oh yeah, what a loser! <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. No creativity. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is that what it is? That's just your creative expression, uh, cutting their hair and stuff. Yeah, just yeah. creative outlet. You know, 
when my when my brother used to uh, bully me and stuff, I'd just take it out on them. <laughs> oh my god! You know, a child punching bag for you. You just destroy the yeah. dolls. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, I I wish this was a therapy lesson because I think there's a lot to dive into that. But this isn't <laughs> therapy, right? We're here to talk about all things Barbie. Uh, before we jump into the list, do you want to throw out a caveat? We are doing every film, like I mentioned, from the quote-unquote golden era. This is kind of like the MCU where it's broken up into phases. So this is basically the phase one of the Barbie universe. So there's normally 16 films in this era, uh, but Dewey said that there's absolutely no way she is going to watch or discuss Christmas Carol. So that's not (laughs) on the list. So, you know, just in case, I'm sure there is one or two Christmas Carol fans out there listening that are shaking their fist right now because they're really pumped to see how far that film would have went on the list but i figured i'd let you guys know that that that's not going to be making it on this list (laughs) which to be fair wouldn't have made it that far i i did watch it just for fun and it's the fifth worst one on this list so you know it it wouldn't have done that well anyways but definitely not yeah so just want to let you know. Uh, but I was curious, is there a reason why you didn't want Christmas Carol? I was wondering if maybe there's some tragic backstory in your childhood in regards to... I mean, it did remind me of the time that I asked my parents for the Barbie dream house for Christmas, and oh, they no. gave it to my sister, so... Oh my gosh. I mean, I think I just... Also, Barbie in July, like Christmas in July, I just kind of felt weird, you know? That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> It would have been a real baller if they gave it to your brother. That that would have been pretty good. Right? That would have been the topping. I mean, I would have gotten more anger for him, though, so at least they gave it to my sister. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> have you seen the Christmas Carol one, or, or no? I have not. That I can remember, I haven't. Okay. There's one thing that I thought was hilarious. I just wanted to let you know. There's a moment where... You know, at the end, when Scrooge, a.k.a. the Barbie, realizes the error of their ways because they're going to die alone. And so they bring Christmas spirit last minute to kind of, you know, feel like a good guy at the end of the movie. Because she realized, oh my gosh, I'm such a horrible person, uh, to her employees that, like, work for her and she treats miserably. She goes up to them and she goes, oh my gosh, I've seen the error of my ways. I got you all presents. But since the store is closed because it's Christmas and I just realized, you know, I'm a horrible person right now. Let me just give you some of the stuff that I own. I'm, let me just give you my things. And she, like, gave one guy, like, a briefcase of, like, a million dollars because she's super rich. She's like, here's money. You, you're so nice to me. I'm so sorry. And then to another employee, she gave him a pot. And I was like, could you imagine being that, wow. one, being that one employee? And you have, like, a pot to, like, make some stew with, I guess. And, like, your other coworker got, like, $100,000 or whatever it was. Like, oh, my God. She's really picking favorites with the employees. I thought that was hilarious. If I was the guy that got a pot as a uh, Christmas bonus, I would probably go home to my wife and just bitch and complain, like, fuck that person. <laughs> what a slap in the honestly, face. Honestly, if that was me, like, she would be my enemy for life. <laughs> Yeah, Like, I would make sure to give her the worst Christmas present every year. Yeah, I would rather just never get a present than get a pot. That just seems like a such a slap in the face. Right? It's almost, like, worse than not yeah. getting a present. Because then, at that point, I could be like, oh, maybe she just forgot about me, you know? She's pretty busy, but no, 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 she remembered, and she specifically gave me a, a kitchen tool. 
Right? Like, why yeah. not share, spread some of that money around? Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, it was like to donate to like they own an orphanage or something. I don't know, but still, I when she gave him a pot, that I paused the movie and I just went, you know, this is this is pretty fucking good. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> that was the one good part of that whole movie. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Uh, you know, the, the rest of it was generic as hell. That's why it's not that great. But you know, to those that are big Christmas Carol Barbie fans. That's your little shout out before we jump into the list. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about in regards to Barbie, your childhood, anything at all before we get into the worst film, according to us? I don't think so. Um, I just want to say that my ranking is kind of based on like my own personal kind of likes and hates. It's not really anything like towards the specific film it's just what it reminds me of so i just want to put that out there sounds good uh, my ranking is based on if it's good or not so it's fact <laughs> to anyone listening so yeah quentin's is more of fact and mine's more of just trauma i guess I don't oh, know. My, oh my gosh yeah <laughs> this really this really is going to be like a therapy lesson by the end of it all right well we can jump into the worst film according to us Coming in at number 16 is one that we both have very, very low. I actually have it at number 16, and you have it at 15, and that is a Barbie and the Magic of the Rainbow. Oh, boy. <laughs> so we are almost on the same page here. To be fair, this is going to be a rare occurrence. We're going to be on the same page for maybe four or five of these 16 movies. Uh, so we, we're going to start off as friends, all right? Magic of, the right. Rain- Magic of the Rainbow, <laughs> we're on the same page here. Atrocious movie, but uh, you start us off. You, you were clearly not a fan of it. Uh, let people know, I guess it's Barbie Fairytopia, Magic of the Rainbow. I should clarify, this is a third film to the Fairytopia trilogy that we have in uh. this list. So this is the final film of the trilogy, actually. So Dewey, why is this a step down in one of the most iconic trilogies of all time? I hated it. Um, I was so over like the whole fairytopia shit by that point. I also like. I'm pretty sure this is the one where they gave Bibble like a love interest. Um, and I hated that. Like he did not need that. Um, so the whole love story thing there was just horrible. And then I hated when they, you know, she was threatening ten years of winter, like that's so dramatic you know like that was not needed maybe a year or two or or whatever but 10 years of bitter winter like for what you know she's so angry and i just i was so over this whole thing um so i really didn't pay much attention to it but i just hated the whole thing there's not one thing that i liked about this movie (laughs) yes story-wise might not be the worst like there's some movies in this franchise that are probably worse structurally. However, there's something you'll find out very early on in this podcast. I think the most annoying thing I've ever had to sit through in my entire life is a little character called Bibble. No! I love Bibble! Get out of here! I am, <laughs> I am so on the anti-Bibble camp. It's not even funny. Like Any movie he's in, it's automatically at the bottom of this list. I, I hate him. <laughs> I can't imagine a worse character in film. Like he's he's horrible. And in this movie, 
And the reason why it has to be at the very bottom is because, like you said, Bibble's got a chick. He's, he's, you know, he, he's got a girl now, and she's just as annoying as him. And that's Dizzle. Yeah. So we got Bibble and Dizzle right? just tearing down the town here, and it's horrible. I thought one was bad, but now Bibble's got a woman? Oh my god, are you kidding me? <laughs> that's the worst case scenario. You literally took my least favorite character and you gave him a wife. I, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> this was worst case scenario for me. Uh, you know, sitting through one guy was, was horrible, but now there's two of them? Oh my gosh, uh, I, I couldn't believe it. So that's why I had this in dead last, because there would be like scenes where you just see Bibble and Dizzle just sitting there talking to each other. And by talking, for those that aren't familiar with the Barbie Fairytopia, it's like just like garbage. It's just noises. If you guys, I guess a fair comparison would be the minions, where they are saying random noises. <laughs> They're kind of like the minions, except, and I know this might be hard to believe for the listeners out there. They're worse than the minions. Like the minions are like banana. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I like you, you can hear a word or two, I guess. Mm-hmm. With Bibble, it's like <laughs> like like that, that's, that's it. So accurate. <laughs> I should bring my wife over. I was asking her if she could do a good Bibble impression. She was like, "Yeah, anyone can do it. It's just noises." So I was like, "Show me." And she actually did a pretty good Bibble impression. Anyone can do a Bibble impression. It's. It's actually hilarious how easy it is. You literally just make a noise, and, and that's just Bibble. So, you know, that's why this is dead last, because at least in the other movies with Bibble, Bibble's talking to Barbie, so it's like, and Barbie's like, oh yeah, that's right, That that's a really good point, Bibble. We should go across the bridge or something, and you're like, okay, well, now we know what Bibble was saying, because Barbie just repeats it to us. But when it's Bibble and Dizzle, and they both just make that noise together, and that's a conversation. I have no fucking clue what they're saying. I, like, I, don't, I don't know what's going on in this conversation. They could both just be talking shit about me, and I have no idea. I'm just sitting there watching them. Like, I don't know what they're saying on the screen. It's the blind leading the blind in this movie. Like, I had no fucking clue what was going on because I got two people I do not understand. So, I, uh, yeah, I am uh, not a Bibble fan. I don't think I ever will be, uh, and I'm not much of a Dizzle fan either. She's, she's a little better, I guess. See, like, I am a Bibble fan because I think he's cute, but the whole Bibble and Dizzle thing just, it just took away from me. I could not get over how much I hated it. (laughs) The Dizzle, I could do without. Dizzle's also just, like, a really gross name. Right? Like, Like, I don't know. And one thing, one thing I do want to say, and, like, in all of these movies, the name, most of the names that they picked were just horrible. Like, I'll get into that a little bit more when we get into a few movies, but just, what is Dizzle? Like, that sounds more like a boy's name. Oh, it sounds like a rapper. <laughs> True, it does sound like a rapper. But, um, yeah, just the names are horrible, and it just, it, it made it worse for me. <laughs> like, oh man, do you, do you hear who's playing at the bar tonight? It's T-Dizzle. <laughs> You hear that, you're like, oh yeah, a rapper. You're not thinking of uh, Bibble's wife, but you know. Bibble's wife, yeah. (laughs) And I really, I guess I've only talked about Bibble, but that's really all I mostly remember from this film is Bibble and uh, Dizzle and their, uh, you know, beautiful romance that I wish nothing but the best for. Uh, You know, (laughs) 
The rest of the film, I think, is a better story than some of the other Furytopia movies. Uh, I kind of like how evil the side, you know, how evil the, the one fairy is. And, you know, Alina's okay. She, she's a pretty good Barbie antagonist. Uh, or sorry, she's a pretty good Barbie protagonist. And for those that haven't seen these films, and you've only seen the brand new Barbie from Greta Gerwig, this might come to a surprise, but they're never called a Barbie in the movie. None of these movies, they're named Barbie. It's Barbie playing, like, like she's like the actress in the movies. She's playing mm-hmm. a fairy called Alina. So in this film, her character is called Alina. And then in every other movie, she has a totally different name. You know, or, or, I don't know, Aurora, Jasmine, I don't know. Now I'm naming Disney princesses. But, you know, <laughs> those are probably her names in some of the movies. You know, she never plays Barbie, which I was always shocked by. I kept waiting. I was like, oh, which one is the Barbie? And none of these are Barbies. But apparently they all are. She's just, like, portraying, a, you know, Barbie has many hats. You know, she could be a firefighter, a nurse, and she can also be an Alina in this movie. So, you know, she, uh, she's spicing it up. Did that ever uh, confuse you as a kid, Dewey, when you would have Barbie, she looks the same in every single movie, but she has a different name every time? Honestly, like, it did. Um, I always just assumed, like, any Barbie movie would feature Barbie. Like, she would be the main character, and even though she was doing many different things, like, she's still Barbie. But in all these movies, she has a different name, which kind of confuses you a little bit as a kid. Especially when they get to like the really weird names, and you're just like, "Who is that?" Like, I just want Barbie. But I, I kind of like that they have different names now that I'm older. Cause it gets me, like, it's easier to identify each movie. Um, but yeah, I kind of wish uh, that they just kept the Barbie because even in the new Barbie movie, like, they're all named Barbie. Yeah, the new movie, I kind of thought, oh, there's a bunch of Barbies in this universe. Oh my gosh, we're probably going to get like an Alina. We're probably going to get all these iconic Barbie names from all these golden era films. But now, no, you, you know, you don't get a reference to a single one of these girls. They, uh, they unfortunately didn't make the cut, but yeah, right? <laughs> they're all yeah. just Barbie. So, you know, if I was a kid, I'm also not the Bryce bulb on the tree, so that could be it as well. <laughs> But I would have been so confused. <laughs> I would have been so fucking confused as to what was going on. I'd be like, why the fuck is her name Alina? She's, she's Barbie. But, uh, you know, now that I'm an adult, I'm still confused. But uh, it's good. <laughs> All right, we can go on to number 15 here. And that is actually the film that Dewey puts in last place. We have Mariposa. So Dewey has this at 16, I have it at 14. So, you know, we're still pretty much on the same page here. And this <laughs> is your least favorite film of the entire franchise. Why is that? Um, I think because she plays, like, a boring, nerdy girl who saves the queen. I think that story is just so boring. I just, they portray her as, like, this girl who reads books and like she doesn't do anything fun and she's just very like to herself um and for for them to just make her so boring it just kind of made me like not like her and I understand that she's the one who you know made the antidote and she saved the queen and that's great but I wish that she had something like more unique about her other than her just being 
like boring and nerdy. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe her because she's just so like clean. Yeah, that's probably a good way to put it. This is probably, you know, when I was referencing stories that are probably worse than Magic of the Rainbow, this is probably one of the ones I was thinking of where it's just not a great story and the characters are pretty one-noted. This is probably the least interesting lead character. Uh, you know, the least interesting Barbie. Uh, Mary Posa, I guess, is the Barbie of this film. And yeah, she's kind of just one-noted. The love interest kind of looks like a bit of a loser, just flying around reading a book. <laughs> like, oh my god. Like, who reads nowadays? Like, you know... Get over yourself. <laughs> and then the queen is pretty boring. Uh, and then br they have to like bring a flower to the queen, and she has no idea who the one evil girl is. And you know, it's fine. It's just usually probably the most forgettable. Uh, and maybe that's why it's nearly impossible to find. Uh, this is one that I pretty much had to like search far and wide. I had to climb up a few mountains, you know, look under few bridges and eventually i did find access to this film but i think this isn't accessible even on youtube it is nowhere every other movie from barbie is on youtube except for this one and i think it's just because youtube forgot it existed i think you know everybody kind of just <laughs> forgot this was a movie it's just that forgettable they're like oh oh we have the whole franchise on youtube that you can watch for free oh the library has every barbie movie if i want to rent it from there except for this one no one has this one. I think everyone just, the entire world just forgot this movie existed. Because it's so boring. I mean, rightfully so. Like, this movie did nothing for me. Yeah, I was almost tempted enough to rent it and pay five bucks to watch it. And that would have been the biggest crime of them all if I had to pay money to watch this one. Because it's so, <laughs> it's so boring. But it's and just also, fine. Also, um, I really don't like that they named the Prince Carlos. It kind of gave me, like, Carlos is such an old guy name. I don't know. The whole the whole thing to me was boring, but the names, too, just really, like, really, really upset me. Like, Marabella. Queen Marabella? Like, what name is that? You know? Like, all these names were just as boring as the, the protagonist. That's fair. I was thinking during the podcast... We can go over the princes and determine who's the best Barbie prince. Would you not put them? Would you not put our boy Prince Carlos at the top of the list? Oh no, I have my favorite prince. Don't <laughs> worry, it is definitely not him. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, he would probably fall right to the bottom. Yeah, he's uh, he's just not the best, but you know, he's fine. You know, we, we get some creepy princes in this franchise, and at least he doesn't, like, fall in, like, the creepy category, but he's just, you yeah. know, who cares about Carlos? Like, what right? a boring guy. Carlos who? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which movie was he in again? <laughs> uh, YouTube already forgot, so they, they have no idea. <laughs> also, dare I forget to not even mention, uh, we got our boy Bibble. He is back. You thought we were past him, but nope. He is here once again in all his glory, except here's the caveat. He didn't need to be in the fucking movie. He's not even part of the story. So for anyone that hasn't seen this film, which I imagine most people have not, Mary Post is like a story within a story. So we have 
our girl Alina from Magic of the Rainbow with Not My Boy Bibble, and she's telling him all about the story of Mariposa. So we have the two of them at the beginning. The entire opening credits is just Bibble making noises at like rocks falling down a hill. It was the most painful opening to a film ever. I, as soon as I saw that, I went, oh my god, wait, Bibble's back? I didn't realize this was a Fairytopia movie. Oh my god. I can't believe this fucker's back. It's just a story within the story. So he's not actually part of the movie. Maybe he's a fan favorite. Maybe that's why he's in four movies. And I just don't understand the culture that is Bibble. Like maybe, you know, 10-year-old girls have a shrine to Bibble at their home. Maybe they're just a really big fan. I don't know if uh, you had a Bibble action figure and you maybe took his feet off and put it on a Barbie toy. I don't quite know. Uh, how far the you know the female demographic went for their boy Bibble, but they would just bring him in to Mariposa just so he's there. He's not even part of the story. They're like, ah, let's bring back fan favorite Bibble, and as, he would just pop up every now and then. It was like a jump scare. I'd be in the middle of watching Mariposa, almost <laughs> falling asleep because it's so boring, and then I just hear, beep, 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 beep. and I'm like, oh my god, it's fucking Bibble. He's here. I forgot. Like he would just appear out of nowhere, just in the middle of the movie. He would just like jump in and. uh yeah, you, you know, you definitely made the movie worse, in my opinion, but you're a big Bibble <laughs> fan, so I'm shocked that this was uh, your least favorite movie. Yeah, see, like, I love Bibble, but he just wasn't, he didn't do anything for this movie, so I can't really give him credit. No, definitely not. Um, And yeah, I just, I remember being, like, Bibble being very popular when I was a kid, so it makes sense that they like tried to put him in every movie that they could but i just yeah he just didn't do anything for me he, he wasn't needed my boy wasn't needed my boy wasn't needed so you were saying he was popular do you just mean like with yourself or like would you hang out with all your friends in the playground like during recess and talk about the latest adventures of bibble yeah um i went to like a really small elementary school so we were all very close and um I had like a group of like 12 friends um, and we'd all bring our Barbies and stuff. And every single person loved Bibble. Oh my God. So I know that there's like a big fan base for him. Um, <laughs> so I, I understand like why they would put him in just for popularity purposes, but he just wasn't needed. That's a, uh, well, two things were insane about that sentence. One, that people liked Bibble. And two, you had 12 <laughs> friends. That's great. I, I don't even know 12 people. That, that's, that, that's pretty well, impressive. Well, obviously, obviously not anymore. We probably stopped being friends after we stopped liking Barbie, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Man, we should have got them all on this podcast. This could have been a big reunion for you. It could have, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we could have, like, called it, uh, the Barbie ranking and the 12 dancing podcasters. Yes, that would have been so good next time for sure. <laughs> okay, yeah, well, we'll send them the invites. Uh, we'll do I'll a Bibble podcast. Yeah. Oh my God. That's crazy. Yeah, I would love to hear 11 more girls tell me how cool Bibble is, but you know. <laughs> yeah, you'll get a tax cue. Maybe I shouldn't. Oh my God. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. I could release this podcast. I could just be canceled for my disdain of Bibble. I, I didn't really think <laughs> that through. Did you have a Bibble like toy? Do they have the little Bibble toy? Yeah, they sold Bibble. Um, I, I know. Like, I was obsessed with all the like little character accessories you could get. Um, I know some of these movies have dogs in them, which you know me. I'm a dog lover. Of course. So I had 
every kind of special accessory and, and sidekick, I guess. So you did have the Bibble toy? I did, yes. Nice. Do you still have the Bibble toy? I do not. Oh, uh, my yeah. mom my mom hates clutter, and uh, she definitely threw out all of my old toys. <laughs> you know, I you, wish I did, though. You, you, I wish I did. You got a good mom. She considers Bibble clutter? Respect. You know? <laughs> I, I wonder uh, how I like much that, take. that would go. I wonder how much that would be on, like, Marketplace or something. I should see if I can find it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm going to go on Amazon right now and let you know how much a Bibble Barbie toy is. <laughs> Bring it back into my life. That's when times were good. So, I see the Bibble plush. There's also a... There's a Bibble and a Dizzle plush. You can get the, the combo set of a little stuffed animal of Bibble and Dizzle. Oh, I will pass on the combo. For $50. You you don't want want the combo of Bibble and Dizzle? $50? Yeah. Uh, Maybe, you know, maybe maybe the Dizzle's like the rare item because Bibble itself is only like 20 bucks. So that, you know, maybe Dizzle just cost that much. Wow. Our ki- I mean, I don't have kids, so I don't know how expensive toys are these days. But who is paying for that? Yeah, I don't know. Imagine throwing that out and calling it clutter. You should, should sell it. Right? I should go to my mom and be like, look how much we could have sold this for. <laughs> you yeah, you could have made bank if you had like five <laughs> dizzles. You're, you're good to go. That's all you need. Right? That's crazy. Yeah. I can't find an actual toy, only the plush they're selling now. So who knows how rude the toy is? They don't even sell it anymore, so. You might be able to find one on eBay. Uh, Yeah, that's probably true. All right, so we can move on to the next film on the list. At number 14, we are not straying too far away from Dewey's boy Bibble, because we have (laughs) the original film of the trilogy, Fairytopia which you have at 13 and I have at 15. So we're still kind of on the same path here. So I took notes, obviously, for these movies because I have a bad memory. And um, this was actually the first one I watched out of the three. Um, So my top note is Bibble, my favorite part of this movie. I love that little fat guy. (laughs) So it's good to know that I still kind of liked him throughout the movies. Yeah, um, yeah, you never changed. I never changed. I am a Bibble stan for sure. The only thing I liked about this movie was that it had like a great identity struggle kind of story. The other ones I felt like kind of tying into this as they're all kind of the same. Um, the other ones, by the time I got to them, like, I was so bored. So I'm so happy I watched this one first. And I got to kind of experience the story the way it should be. But again, like, I just didn't like these these movies. For me, they were just so, like, I just wasn't interested in the, in the fairy part of it, I guess. Um, I get that they're, like, powerful fairies and they have all this magic and in Flutterfield, I think that's all I think they call it. Um, I just, yeah, I wasn't into it at all. So 
And all this poison, like, all three of the stories just had, like, something to do with poison. I'm like, can we change it up? So, this one just wasn't it for me. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of Fairytopia. Uh, it's similar to Mariposa, where I just don't really think it's a good story. Like, for those that haven't seen Fairytopia, and I'm going to assume that's the case with every film except for the new Barbie movie, so I'm going to kind of give <laughs> a bit of a explanation for the film so you kind of understand what it is we're talking about. But in this one, we have the Barbie doll. She isn't actually a fairy. She lives in Fairytopia, but she's the only one that never got wings. So she is like a non-flying fairy. And like, you know, I, I kind of thought the bullies are pretty funny how they were just like making fun of her because she can't fly and they're just flying above her, like kind of a power move <laughs> that they're just like up in the air and they're literally physically looking down on her because she's wingless. Hilarious. <laughs> that stuff's pretty funny. Um, But... Uh, the story itself, it's kind of like a really bad Infinity War. You know, the BCU, the MCU, they're kind of interchangeable. They're going to have some similar storylines here. And so we have this evil fairy that needs to collect one of every type of fairy or to get like the certain power. So it's kind of like they need to collect all these Infinity Stones so she becomes like the ultimate fairy and she can wipe everyone out or something. And she's like this big evil witch. And she tricks the protagonist into helping her because she's like, oh, if you do all this, I'll give you wings. It's almost kind of like, you know, the Little Mermaid as well. Like, I, I can make you, instead of a human, I can make you into a fairy. You want to prove to these bullies that you can fly too, that you're just as cool as they are? Well, help me wipe out the entire fairy race, you know? If you help me <laughs> kill everybody... I'll make you the only fairy, all right? How about that as a promise, you know? You don't, you're you tired of being the only one that's not a fairy? Well, you'll be the only one that is a fairy because I'll kill everyone else if you uh, give me all this power. And so she's kind of like, you know, not the greatest hero because she basically helps the villain almost murder an entire species. But, um, you know, at the last second, when like literally everyone had to like beg her to like come to her senses she realized oh wait a second this is pretty fucked up and she like stops at last minute and in that scene it's pretty cool but until then i'm kind of like jesus christ <laughs> like is this who i'm rooting for like is this the story that like i'm supposed to be won over by alina like you know she's probably not the braze bulb on the tree in this movie this is not the best depiction <laughs> of her and uh, oh, also Bibbles in this movie. So you know, this is the introduction to Bibble. This was the first time I saw him. And let me tell you that uh, that was a trip. I saw like four Barbie movies before this one. This was like my fourth or fifth one. Uh, and so going into this movie, I was thinking, you know what? Barbie's pretty fucking good. You know, I I'm, I'm digging Barbie. I can watch all these movies. <laughs> this is this is a good time. I'm having a blast. I'm like telling my wife about them. She hasn't seen any of them yet at this point because... She just thinks I'm a man-child at this point watching Barbie. And <laughs> I watched Fairytopia. And this is when my wife was like on the edge if she wanted to start watching them because I was hyping it up to her. And then I saw this one. I went, wait, hold on. Maybe you shouldn't watch these. I didn't realize there's a character named Bibble in this. Like, this guy's the worst. <laughs> like, oh my God, <laughs> he's horrible. Like, honestly, Bibble almost maybe like if i watched this movie first i might have uh, canceled this podcast right off the bat like if i if i was under the impression bibble would be in all of these i would be devastated but fortunately we are almost past the cursed bibble four that's what i'm gonna call it so you know <laughs> uh fairy toby is just not a great story with not a great hero 
with an atrocious character named Bibble. And aside from that, it's perfectly okay. I mean, like, yeah, I, I didn't like this movie, but I will say that I did like the idea of the movie, where it's like trusting your true self kind of thing. Um, that was the only thing that really stood out to me in this film was just that one thing. But all the other films are so much better. So this one's kind of just like, uh, I could go the rest of my life never watching this movie again. <laughs> also, this is the first original Barbie film, right? They made two films before this one. This is the third one that they released. But the other two were based off of previous plays or previous mm-hmm. uh, ballets, which would be the Nutcracker and Swan Lake. So this is the first time that, uh, you know, the Barbie production decide, you know what, let's dust off our pens and let's actually write a story. So, you know, this is uh, their first yeah, attempt. I think their first attempt, they should have just stuck to what they did before. <laughs> <laughs> just keep taking off more ballets. Well, even as a kid, like, I was more interested in those than I was in these. Oh, yeah. Kids love ballets way more than they love fairies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but they did introduce bibble and that's a fan favorite with the recess kids so you know very true very true <laughs> very true that's smart all right so we can move on to number 13 here and that is going to be the last film from the cursed bibble four we are uh almost done with bibble i know people are probably thinking oh my gosh we're 40 minutes in and they're just talking about Bibble. They're not even talking about Barbie that much. They're talking about this character I've never heard of before, but uh, we're almost done. We're fine. He's only in four <laughs> and uh, it just so happens to be the bottom four. I, you know, I don't make the rules, but I did help drag these movies down, but that's going to be Barbie Fairytopia in Mermaidia. So uh, the ranking here, I have it at 13 and you have it at 14. And this is going to be the last time we're going to be uh, on the same page for for a little bit i love it i love it all right well um from what i remember i think there's a character called fungus maximus horrible name and his face just every time i saw it on the screen i wanted to like punch him he just has such a like very weird like character i don't know i hated it the only thing I liked from this movie was the Bibbleberry scene. Um, and I'm not really a big fan of mermaids. Even as a kid, I wasn't really that interested in, like, the whole idea of water and and all that. So I also hated this movie. <laughs> I also felt like there was, like, too much heroism in this movie. Too much heroism? Yeah, like, the vibes were just, they were trying so hard to just be the hero. Like, they were just kind of shoving it down my throat a little bit. I don't know. So I do want to get back to this whole, you have an issue with mermaids because you don't have a (laughs) thing for water? (laughs) You're just anti-water? No, so, like, I'm not anti-water, but I just never had the desire of, like... Swimming? Having a tail. Oh. (laughs) I feel like... You know, I was never one of those people who were like, oh, like a mermaid as a kid, you know? I just, this movie just didn't do anything for me. Did you ever have the Barbie mermaid? I did, yeah, I did. 
but they were the ones that I probably like destroyed the most. Oh my! Oh my! <laughs> so when, like, yeah. So when your brother was picking on you, those would be the ones you would cut the hair off first. Yeah, or that's... like mess with their tail. <laughs> oh, my <God. laughs> oh my god! That's, that's dev- you're picking your favorites. So that's that's crazy. Yeah, like I do love this movie. They had um, the one thing I will give them is like everyone's tails were very bright and like beautiful, and they had detailed patterns, which was nice. It was nice that they kind of gave them a variety. But again, like I have no interest in mermaids, so I really just. <laughs> not into this film i actually think this film is pretty fucking great i actually like mermaid yeah this is a pretty fun movie what yeah we're (laughs) we're already at a huge gap here the bottom three are so clearly the worst uh this is at number 13 honestly this like would be quite a few spots higher this this might be like number nine maybe like i think it's pretty fucking great except i just hate bibble so i just can't put a movie with bibble higher than movies without Bibble. Like, I just gotta reward the films that don't have that guy. The Bibble slander is so real right now. Yeah, that's the only reason why I have it this low, because other than Bibble, I think this movie's hilarious. I kind of love the fact that this is the second Fairytopia movie, but they're already leaving the fairies. They're like, fuck it, we're already bored, you know? Fairies, they're so out of season, all right? We're kind of with the witch. She should have killed them all. Who cares about fairies? We're on to mermaids, baby. All right, they're new, they're cool, they're popular. We're now moving into mermaidia. And I love the whole aesthetic of just Barbie, who is a fairy now. She literally finally got her wings at the end of the first movie, Fairytopia. Spoiler to those that uh, were really wanting to see the twist of Fairytopia. She's got her wings, but in mermaidia, she's finally a fairy, and she's already leaving the fairies. She's like, fuck it, I'm uh. I'm a fairy now. I got my own wings. I'm going to fly over and just hang out with people without wings. Like, you know, maybe you should have hung out with them when you didn't have wings beforehand. But now that she's got the wings, she wants to hang out with the mermaids. So she's swimming with the mermaids. We got this, like, douchey mermaid. I don't know where he ranks on your princes. I think the dude's hilarious. They got him, like, tied oh. up, and he's, like, guiding him around in circles. The dude's just a living troll, but he's a mermaid. He's, are you, he's hilarious. Are you talking about, um, are you talking about Prince Nelu? Uh, if that's his name, then that is who I'm talking about. Yeah, the, the prince of this movie. That guy's hilarious. I love that. I love that you loved him, because I, he's probably one of the few princes on my top list. Oh, you're a fan as well? Yeah, no, he's, uh, he's fantastic. He's, like, such a whiny bitch. He's, like, real sassy. I like the guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. love that. For those that haven't seen the film, let me give you a quick rundown on the storyline of Mermaidia. She is now having to save this prince, who me and Dewey just mentioned as being fucking awesome. So I don't blame her for wanting to save this guy. I would want to save him, too, personally. He's pretty cool. So she is now trying to save the prince with the help of this other mermaid who really wants to get it on with the prince. You know, like she is, <laughs> she, I've never seen a woman. So into a guy in my life, she is ready to like cut Barbie's throat. She's like, that is my man. Get off, get the fuck away from my man. We're mermaids. You're a fairy. He only wants to fuck mermaids. I don't know why you even want to talk to him. That's my guy. She is very against my girl, Barbie. So, 
you would think, wow, the hijinks are going to pursue. We got these two girls that both want to save a man because they both want to bang him. That, that, that's, that's art, you know? What else do you want in a film? All right, that, that's cinema. <laughs> all right, so these two girls who hate each other, but because of love for one man, they will work together. And I just thought it was hilarious, all right? We got the one mermaid who tells Barbie to just fuck off. She's going to swim at the bottom of this ocean, which is so deep that Barbie can't swim that far because she's not a mermaid. And so the evil mermaid is like, oh, I'll go down there myself. And she gets stuck down there, and now she needs Barbie's help. She's like, oh, I'm stuck now. I'm a little bitch. Can you come save me? And Barbie <laughs> has to, like, give up her wings just to help out this bitchy woman, which Barbie's kind of a pushover in this. You know, Alina, you kind of need to stand your ground here and just say, fuck you, all right? You keep fucking me off and giving me the middle finger. Like, why would I help you, right? Like, like what has she done to her? But, you know. She's the good guy. She's got to save even the mean, fi- even even the mean mermaid. She's got to help her out. So she gives up her wings. She does all this stuff, and then we get the big finale. All right, they find the staff that they can. The the evil trolls or whatever, the evil witch from the first film. They now want this arbitrary staff that has all this power. Apparently, Barbie has the staff, but. They have this poison that's going to kill any everyone in the ocean if it touches the water. So you get the big climatic moment. She's got the staff. The trolls got the poison. They want what the other one has. All right. She wants the poison so no one dies. They want the staff so they can rule Mermadia, I guess. And so the big climatic moment, the best part of the film, all right, is Barbie going, let's do a trade. We'll trade it. Just give me the poison. All right. Do not kill everyone. They're right. All right. We can do that. Hand over the staff first. And fucking Barbie. Are you kidding me? She gives him the staff first. And the troll goes, well, <clears throat> Barbie, they call me a bad guy for a reason. <laughs> and drops the poison in the water. And you're like, oh my god. Barbie just killed an entire mermaid species. And he has the staff. That was a lose-lose. And she dives down like the hero she is. And gives up her wings to save Mermadia. Cinema. How, how do you write a better story than that? I, I can't believe it. So, you know, Mermadia, five out of five stars. Absolute masterpiece. In- incredible see, film. See, like, that's what I mean by, like, too much heroism. Is that she's just always, like, girl needs to think for herself a little bit sometimes. You yeah, know? yeah, I don't like her, yeah. Like, you gotta be selfish, and and that's just one of the things that I really didn't like, was that she's just, she's kind of like a stupid hero, almost. <laughs> oh, like, a superhero is a stupid hero. Yeah, yeah, like, she just needed to think more about her choices and how she was gonna act out on, on that, and kind of see, like, maybe if she could have been a little bit smarter, and, and then the last part wouldn't have happened. So. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I agree with you there. She just keeps letting everyone push her around, especially this is the sequel to Fairytopia, the movie where she <laughs> let the witch push her around the entire movie, and she finally is like, you know what? I'm gonna stand my ground. I'm gonna be the hero. I'm not. I, I'm. People aren't gonna push me around anymore. I'm Alina, and you know, and you're like, you know what? It took you an entire movie to get there, but at least you got there. 
And then in Mermaidia, yeah. she like went back to zero. She's like, all right, I'll let the mean mermaid push me around. I'll let the troll push me around. Like once again, let's, let's stand your ground, Alina. All right, this guy's about to kill an entire mermaid race, and you're just gonna hand him the staff? I, I can't believe it. <laughs> Who would do that? Alina. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Alina would. So you know, not the greatest hero. Uh, and maybe that's why they have Bibble there to make her seem more competent because they're like, oh well, if she's hanging out with like the worst person ever, like then she looks a little better, right? So you know, maybe that's yeah. why they got Bibble flying around with her, uh, you know, all the time. Uh, and also, I will say, as much as I hate Bibble, Bibble is at his least annoyingest in this one. He's he's not as bad as he is in Fairytopia and Magic of the Rainbow. Like you know, he's he, he's okay. That's my uh, that's my Bibble compliment. <laughs> the bibble slander has slowly ended right at the end of yeah. our yeah. our four bibble movies <laughs> yeah now that i'm all cooled down from the bibble hate uh he, he was okay in mermaidia so uh of the four fairy ones with bibble you know the the cursed bibble four uh, mermaidia is is easily the best for me i i uh, i liked this one a little bit all right so you just saw how much i was Raisin number 13. We still got 12 more films in this list. So, you know, we, we, got, we got some good movies coming up. All right. Bibble's gone. We are at number 12 here. And we are talking about the original. All right. This is the Iron Man of the Barbie cinematic universe. We have the Nutcracker. All right. I have this one at number 12. Dewey has it at number nine. So the one that started it all, uh, is this the one that you grew up with the most? Like, was this like the OG? So I have seen this movie about a million times. Um, I watched it every day as a kid, but watching it as an adult, the one thing I will say is like the body and mouth movements of all the characters felt so uncomfortable to me. I don't know why, but like the animation on that, it just like, it, something was off. And maybe it's because it was, like, their first kind of movie or whatever, but um, I just, I also, this movie is, like, kind of about ballet because Nutcracker, and my mom made me do ballet as a kid, so I just automatically hate this movie for it. (laughs) This movie was okay, though. It's kind of just, like, the original story just played as Barbie, and I'm not a huge fan of the Nutcracker. Um, which I know a lot of people are, like a lot of people are diehard fans. Um, but I just, I don't know, I couldn't get over the animation. Like I just, I kept looking at it the whole time instead of focusing on the story. <laughs> because every time someone talked, like their mouth just moved so weird. And it was just really creepy. The Sugar Plum Fairy, you know, it was beautiful, obviously. That's probably my favorite part about the movie. Um, and the magical pink shoes. I mean, who doesn't love magical pink shoes? (laughs) Yeah, the Nutcracker. I guess I don't need to do much of a description of the film for this one, because most people should know what the Nutcracker is, and it's basically just that. You know, we got the Nutcracker, we got the the sugar plum princess or fairy or whatever. You know, we got the evil (laughs) rat king. You know, you you got all the classic characters from this play. And, you know, I'm kind of with you, all right? I like the Nutcracker music, you know? I'm not a big ballet guy. Uh, my mom... Wait, 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 wait. You Did you just say you like the music? 
yeah i like the music like you know like the classic iconic piece of score from the nutcracker that's a nice score you know i like throwing on scores in the background never but you know if i did i would yeah i, I, would, uh, I was gonna say for someone who doesn't like music that is amazing yeah you know uh i don't hate music i just hate listening to music if that makes any sense but like you know <laughs> I can enjoy a piece of music when I'm watching a movie, and that's like the only good thing about this movie is like you listen to that score piece and you're like, "Fuck yeah, that is the Nutcracker. That's pretty good." Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, I'm not I'm not a fan of the story of the Nutcracker. You know, like I, I like the the little iconic piece of music that everyone knows from the Nutcracker, but like the the you know the ballet itself, it's it's a little weird. You know, it's it's not great. So you know, my mom did not force me to do ballet when I was a kid, but um. <laughs> If she did, maybe I would like it more, because uh, maybe I'd have more nostalgia towards it. But the Nutcracker is like the ballet I like know the least about. I have no interaction with the Nutcracker ballet, except the piece they have during Fantasia in the Disney movie. That, that's the only familiarity I have with the Nutcracker at all. So, you know, I don't know much about the ballet. I do know the piece of score, and I think that's nice. But like the Rat King, the you know the Nutcracker himself, the the you know the Sugar Plum Princess Fairy, like I you know <laughs> I don't care about any of that. Like you know the, the story's fine. Uh, I have it at twelve because you know it's it's good. It's uh just nothing exciting. And like you said, the animation. This is uh definitely the rockiest animation, but it's also the first time they did it. So you know what? Uh, that's that's okay. All right. This is in 2001 and they're not at their peak animation yet. So, <laughs> you know, I'll give the Nutcracker a pass, but it's, uh, it's, it's not too bad. You did mention the iconic sugar plum princess reveal, right? With the whole dress and everything. It's something that we haven't mm-hmm. mentioned yet, which is a failure on our part because this is a very crucial part of every Barbie movie is the dress transformation. Every single Barbie film, for those that don't realize, has an iconic dress transformation where she grows wings in Fairytopia or grows a tail in Mary or in, uh, in Mermaidia. Or in this case, she turns into the plum fairy, princess fairy something. You know, in every movie, she has like a transformation, whether it be like literally she's transforming into like a different version of herself or if it's just the dress. Sometimes she just changes the dress, you know? Kind of like Cinderella, she has like rags on and then boom, she's got like this gorgeous dress on. And every film, every single film in this franchise has a dress transformation scene. I actually saw one Barbie movie, a little side note, I uh, was watching some that aren't even on this list just for fun with my wife because we kind of started getting, you know, guilty pleasures of this franchise. We just started watching some just for fun. (laughs) And we did watch one that did not have a dress transformation scene. I'll tell you right now, it was kind of a bummer. It almost ruined the whole movie. I was like... I do not have a dress transformation scene. That's like the bread and butter of the Barbie franchise. She always has to change her dress in the middle of the movie. It's iconic. So, you know, uh, this one has a pretty great dress transformation scene. It's one of the best, turning into the uh, the Plum Fairy. I did want to mention one thing about the Mouse King, though. I don't know if you remember, Q, but, like, the look of this mouse, I remember as a kid, like, he used to give me nightmares. I can see that. And I just, like, I'm already terrified of mice, like, as an adult. Like, I think they're so gross and scary. So I think that's kind of rooted from this movie. Because, I mean, even just, like, 
looking at a picture of him now. I just pulled him up. And, like, I still just, like, get absolute disgust. Oh, my God. I just, I don't know. Like, they did a good job with making him look terrifying because I am terrified. (laughs) Yeah, well, it was played by my boy Tim Curry. Let's go. I will say also, though, um, King Eric, probably one of my favorite, like, visually looking kings. Um, the dark hair and the blue eyes, like, he's just, like, probably one of, one of the cutest kings, I think. Yeah, it's kind of like the Beast from Beauty and the Beast, where, you know, he's like a nutcracker the entire time, and at the last second, you're like, oh, hold on a second, you're hot. What's going on? Mm-hmm. Right? I, was, I, I thought you are nutcracker. It was a little bit of a jump at first, but then I was like, oh, you know, he's beautiful, so... <laughs> One one thing I did love is Prince Eric in this movie. Yeah, yeah, uh, and the Nutcracker's pretty cool. You know, he's like a real somber lad. He's he is a lot like the Beast, where he's like walking around at the beginning. He's like Barbie. They don't understand me. <laughs> I'm protecting this place, and nobody appreciates me. I, I, you know, the Mouse King wants me dead. I, I just want to see everyone happy, and they 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 don't care about me, Barbie. I was I was like, man, what what a what a sad guy, you know? He's a real sad lad. He takes his job very seriously, protecting this kingdom, uh, a kingdom that does not like him. By the way, they're like, ah, fuck this guy, he's a <laughs> nutcracker. All right, so we can move on from the Nutcracker to a relatively iconic film that I was a fan of, but Dewey was not as much of a fan of. We have at number 11, Barbie and the Diamond Castle, which I have at seven and she has at 10. Interesting. Let me pull up my notes here. <laughs> she's uh, she's kind of like the Raiders when it came to Fairy Toby. They're like, all right, let's dust off this pen. Let's Let's get going here. <laughs> So, from what I remember, there were two puppies in this movie, <laughs> which is probably why I put it a little high. I think it's Sparkles and Lily, which is so iconic. If I ever get another dog, you bet that it's going to be their Sparkles or Lily. This whole story to me, with like Melody trapped in a mirror and like Alexa and Liana are like fighting and i think this is the one with the necklaces too like stories with like the two best friends eventually like fighting and and all that just doesn't really do it for me like i'm it was kind of boring watching this um i wish there was something like more exciting that was happening but the fact that i had dogs in it like obviously obviously i'm gonna rate anything with a dog and i'm like oh okay it's a good movie i guess i did like the music in this um this movie though um i also kind of feel like this was one of like the visuals in this movie the castle um the mythical castle was beautiful i think that like as a kid i would love to have the playset of this because it's just like looking at it it's so pretty um and it's probably one of my favorite castles in all of the movies um that they show the whole best friend thing just really didn't didn't do it for me i don't know 
Yeah, the Diamond Castle is iconic. It's an incredible film. <laughs> this this film <laughs> is uh, pretty fucking good, all right? Uh, for those that don't know, the, uh, the deep lore of the Diamond Castle, it's two girls that are BFFs, uh, you know, rumored to be lesbians you know uh don't want to <laughs> don't want to assume anything but uh Wait, you thought that too I, I, everyone knows it you know we all okay, know i all love right. it i love that <laughs> there's no way they aren't all right uh, that's all i'm gonna say so they're definitely together together and you know what i support them wholeheartedly all right i, I love them both they randomly give this like poor person some food and she's like oh my god thank you so much they Thank you. You guys are so sweet. Here, take this magical mirror, and she just gives them this mirror, and you're like, okay, I, I, you know, I guess they got a little hand mirror. That's cool. And then, it, oh, oh, it's magic, baby. Plot twist. All right, this mirror has one of the princesses that knows where the diamond castle is, and so this is where all hijinks ensue. All right, we have this evil witch. About half of this franchise is evil witches, and the other half of the franchise is like evil butlers or like scary men, all right? <laughs> Those are the bad guys of the Barbie franchise. And in this one, we got an evil witch, all right? She's no rat king, all right? She's this woman that killed some of the sisters that already knew about the castle, but there's one sister left that knows where the castle is, the Diamond Castle, and she's stuck in a mirror. The two friends, or lesbians, are now trying <laughs> to protect this mirror slash woman and find the castle and stop this witch before she gets access to the castle herself because does the castle give her powers or does she just want to live in a fancy castle i don't remember i think the castle gives powers i'm pretty sure that's what i was thinking i think it gives her some kind of power but you know if she just wants to live there go off girl all right i support you you know there's no issue (laughs) with that either way you know, she's got her reasons. Uh, I, I, who am I to question them? So everyone's trying to get to this castle first. The two girls run into two guys, and they have two dogs. This is basically Noah's Ark. Everyone's in pairs. So the two <laughs> guys are trying to help the girls out, not out of the kindness of their heart, but because they just want to sleep with them. You know, these are the sleaziest fucking guys ever. Like two fucking doofuses, because the girls are clearly lesbians. Everybody except for them, knows that. So they're trying their best to try and impress these girls. And at the end of the day, they, you know, our girls come out on top, all right? They got their dancing dogs. They got the castle. The princess is out of the mirror. It's a win-win, you know? We we got a fantastic ending here. I I love everything about the mirror woman. I I love it when people are just trapped in objects for no fucking reason. (laughs) That's hilarious, all right? I love the dancing dogs. I'm not a dog guy. But if they're going to dance and look that fucking creepy when they do it, I'm, I'm all in, you know? I was going to say, I was going to ask you how those dogs made you feel, because I know you're not a dog fan. So as soon as I watched this movie, I was like, is Quentin scared? Yeah, I didn't like the dogs at all, obviously, until they started dancing. And then I was in, you know, that's all I need. They were they were great. <laughs> the last thing I did want to say about this movie, though, was that Again, like at the end of the movie when Liana and Alexa were given their new dresses, like I loved that part because I feel like in the movies where they get a new dress, it's like so much more magical than all the other ones. Like I feel like it's not a Barbie movie unless at the end of the movie she's like transformed into this beautiful 
beautiful new dress. Oh, yeah, yeah, you need to have the big dress transformation at the end. Mm-hmm. It's not a Barbie movie without it. I also like how they're on the run, and they're like, oh my god, like this is a life-or-death situation where we're not going to make it. And then they stop by this inn, and the guy's like, hey, if you do like a whole dance sequence and sing some songs for me, I'll let you like eat some bread. And they're like, oh my god, well, we are, <laughs> we are kind of hungry. So they like are literally trying to run for their lives, and they stop and do a whole fucking dance routine just to get some bread. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, a girl's got to eat, all right? Like, who might have questioned it? So that is Barbie and the Diamond Castle. We can move on to number 10 here. And, uh, you know, probably one of the biggest divides we have here, and that is Ooh. Thumbelina. So for Thumbelina, Dewey has it at number 11. And I have it at number five, baby. Wow, I'm curious to hear you go first as to why it's at number five. Thumbelina is easily one of the most iconic Barbie films of all time. It's so fucking hilarious. It's, it's one of the funniest movies. You have Thumbelina, who lives in like a little patch of flowers in like a park. Like, like who cares? All right, like, like okay, it's a flower. And then. You have this one girl who is being bullied by people that have, like, I don't know, cooler stuff than her. Like, what was it? She was hanging out with her quote-unquote friend, because her friend's just the worst person ever. And the friend is like, oh yeah, my parents gave me, like, an island for my birthday just because they love me so much. What did your parents give you? And she's like, oh, they only gave me, like, a sweater. And it's like, oh my god, like that's really tough. Like uh, you have a real tragic childhood. Like you know, somehow her friend is like the richest person ever, and then the girl that's being quote unquote bullied just because she doesn't have an island. Like I don't feel sympathetic for this woman at all. Like they're trying to make this little girl like a sympathetic hero, and it's like, I'm sorry, I don't feel bad that your parents couldn't afford an island or something for you. Like you want a limo? I'm sorry that your parents can't afford that. Like, you know, not the greatest of all heroes, but, you know, nonetheless, Thumbelina's going to help this girl out, all right? Because this girl, her parents are, like, super rich, and they are going to tear down this entire park, all right? They're going to make a whole little song and dance, shut everything down. They're going to tear down Thumbelina's entire life. All those flowers that I just mentioned... That's her life, baby. She lives off of those. Her and her little Thumbelina friends, they live there. And then they're going to tear that down just because the girl's rich dad wants to make a park or, uh, sorry, he wants to make like a mall or something. I don't know what he wants to do. It doesn't matter. It was a, it was a factory. A factory. Uh, even, even worse. At least a mall you can buy shoes. You can't buy shoes in a factory. That's horrible. Oh, my God. So he wants to make a factory. And so, all of a sudden, Thumbelina's like, hey, you know what, spoiled brat, I'll help you out, all right? I'll help you look cool in front of your friend if you convince your dad to tear this bad boy down, all right? And so she's, like, giving her advice, and she's, like, trying to help her out and press this friend of hers that doesn't even really like her. And all of a sudden, you got the little girl going up to her dad, and she's like, hey, I uh, made this giant room of flowers and plants like i i don't i maybe you can help me 
understand this. I really don't understand this girl at all. She's just like a giant walking joke. Everything she does is <laughs> is hilarious. I don't understand what she's doing, but she makes a room full of like plants. She just like puts some flower pots in the room and has some food in the middle and she brings her parents over and they're like on her on their phone and she's like see you guys just don't love me. You guys are just on your phone and you're busy all the time and you didn't even realize that I put like three potted plants in this room like isn't this gorgeous like look at how much effort i put into this i'm like girl you you put you put some leaves in a room like calm down it's not like you like (laughs) built like the eiffel tower or like painted the mona lisa it's it's a few potted plants like i could do that on like a saturday afternoon it's not that much work but you know nonetheless who am i to question how much effort she put into that it's you know it's the heart that counts right she probably put a lot of effort into that i guess and so her parents are both like, oh, wow, yeah, fuck, yeah, I, I guess you did put a lot of effort into this. Uh, sorry, what was it you wanted to do? And she's like, well, you see, this is this is plants, right? And, like, there, there's, like, flowers here. And, like, I was wondering if you could, like, not build a factory because you are going to destroy flowers. Like, like, that's the connection. I was like, oh, my God, like, this is, you're really stretching the connection here, right? Like, like plants and plants, like, you know, I don't know what that has to do with them t- not building a factory, but, you know go off girl and the parents are like yeah well like you know we're still going to destroy the park because we're going to build a factory and make tons of money and she's like no and thumbelina's like no and she comes in and they're like oh my god wait thumbelina's real and the parents see thumbelina and they go oh my god like oh, oh my god it's like they like got snapped out of like you know some trance that they were in and they were just like oh my god hold on we're about to destroy Thumbelina's village. And the parents are all of a sudden like <laughs> heroes all of a sudden. They like can't believe what they're about to do. And they're like quickly calling and they're like, there's no time. They won't answer the phone. We got to get to the park. They're going to destroy Thumbelina's home. And they're racing. And the guys running the trucks are all confused. And everyone's panicking. Oh my God. Thumbelina's about to lose her fucking home. It's like the biggest, most intense ending I've ever seen in a movie. It's like the world is about to fucking end. And the reality <laughs> of this movie is he's about to squish a few flowers. Like that's that's the reality of what he's about to do. It's hilarious. The best ending to any Barbie movie is the parents realizing, oh my God, because this fairy just appeared out of nowhere and told us we're going to crush her home, we're going to completely stop our chance to make millions and millions of dollars? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding? Like, the parents, in reality, should go, hey, Thumbelina, whoever you are, just, like, move to a different flower, you fucking idiot. Like, like we're not gonna not build a factory. It's a flower. Just move. Like, they can move their home. They're acting like this is, like, a big decision for them. Like, can't they just pick up the flowers and, like, move it to another group of flowers like it's not like it's that much work but you know it's the end of the world this is this is the craziest ending i've never seen a scene that seems so intense this is like the most intense scene of the entire franchise like i never seen (laughs) so many people freak out over flowers it was it was incredible uh an absolutely incredible movie this is one that i could see myself rewatching quite a bit Uh, this one this one was a classic for the for the quinton household Wow, I'm surprised you liked it that much. It was I so love good. that for you. <laughs> See, like my whole thing 
why I rated it so low was just because, like, that McKenna girl was just so annoying. Oh, she's horrible. And, like, every time she talked or just did something, I was just so annoyed with her. And I'm just like, Thumbelina, like, why are you even associating with this girl? Like, just just go out and get a new flower. (laughs) I did like, though, this movie kind of reminds me of, like, bumblebees in the flowers, kind of like in the real world. So I did like that. You know, destroying all the flowers and the bees can't pollinate and all that stuff. It kind of gave me those vibes. So I was rooting for the flowers to stay in the field. But the whole thing with the stopping the parents trying to build the factory, like, who's... If I did that right now, like, if I went to my parents and I and I did that, they'd put me in, like, a, a hospital. They'd be like, are you crazy? Like. So I just, the whole thing was kind of wild to me. I don't know. Yeah. McKenna made, McKenna made it horrible. Like, it was just literally the worst to Thumbelina. Yeah, could you imagine? I, like, went up to my parents. I was like, hey, guys, um, in case you haven't noticed, there's a few uh, flowers that I added around this room. You know, it uh, made it look really pretty. I do want to know why. I would <laughs> appreciate it if you didn't build a factory that would make our family have so much money like it would make our family you know be well off for the rest of our lives i would really appreciate if you just didn't do that because i put some flowers in the room and that should really explain everything that i'm trying to get at right now and my, yeah my parents right? would ju- they would just be like get the fuck out like what are you talking about so it was so wild to me like how her parents were so into like all of a sudden they were like oh you're right Let's just go stop the construction and all that. Like, yeah, just I don't know. It was so unrealistic. That's why it was the best. Like the the one eighty <laughs> is so funny. It was the best seat of the entire Barbie cinematic universe. I couldn't believe they look at the wow. Melina and they instantly are like, "Oh my god, pick up the phone. We got. They're not answering. Like we gotta <laughs> save them." Like all of a sudden, like they've never heard of this woman in their lives. All of a sudden, they are willing to throw everything away to protect those flowers. Like, man, that was that was a good speech she made. She she really she really convinced them. I do want to give a shout out to Poofles the dog. I really loved uh, I really loved that name for her dog. <laughs> Poofles. Yeah, Poofles. So when you get your third dog, you're gonna name it Poofles. Uh, probably not. I mean, <laughs> could you imagine going to the dog park and just yelling out, like, Poofles? Oh, going to the park, are you not worried Poofles are going to, like, trample some poor flower fairies? I don't know. My current dog loves to eat, like, a bunch of flowers. Oh, oh my, oh my god. Time, so I don't know. Oh, my God. Your dog's a murderer. Do you know how many Thumbelinas that dog, dis- that dog killed? Oh, my God. It's horrifying. Right? <laughs> Also, I do have a little soft spot for Thumbelina because I got a lot of these from the library, which are on DVD. So I got a lot of the DVDs for these films. And (laughs) most of them, I didn't really care enough to play the little games that they have with it. But I did play the Thumbelina game because the DVDs have little games that you can play with it. Yeah. So they had a game where you had to tell which piece of garbage was 
part of the paper recycle, was part of the plastic recycle, part of the glass recycle. You had to recycle all of this different garbage. And if oh. you re- yeah, and if you recycled everything correctly, you would save Thumbelina. You had to recycle like five pieces correctly and she would be saved. So well, you know, I, I got pretty good at it, you know. I knew that a piece of paper went to the, the paper recycle, you know, not one a cardboard box went to the paper recycle as well. So, you know, I uh I kinda killed go. it. Yeah. You learned how to recycle. I killed it. And every time you got one right, Thumbelina was like, Thank you, I'm almost flying. And I was like, You're welcome, Thumbelina. I got you. Let's go. Look at me. That's right. I didn't stop a factory from being built, but I did put some paper in the bin. Let's go. <laughs> you know, just doing my part. All right. So we can move on to number nine here. And we got a bit of a flip here, right? I'm more the negative Nelly on this film, although I do think it's great. And that is going to be Barbie and the Island Princess. So Ooh. I have yeah, I have this one at ten and Dewey has it at six. Okay. I loved this one mainly because of the animals. I was always like a I'm a big red panda lover. And so like the fact that this movie had a red panda in it was just glorious. Like it made me so happy. Um The Island, like the whole like scenic views in this movie they were beautiful even the castle and everything like i would genuinely want to live there um and the whole story of like roe being you know abandoned um in in a shipwreck and then she finds this guy um antonio i think his name is um and they start you know they're liking each other the whole star-crossed lover thing and then and the fact that they had so many animals and everything, it just, like, I loved this one. It was good. They're trying to get Princess Luciana to marry Antonio, even though she doesn't love him. And I think, like, her becoming <clears throat> friends with Roe and then Luciana sabotaging Roe a little bit, like, that's so fucked up. But this movie had me very, like, interested in the whole back and forth kind of thing, and then the two love interest fighting over Antonio who's like so boring was just perfect for me and the fact that honeymoon was on the island when they got married at the end and then they went off like that's just so perfect full circle I loved it full circle nice yeah uh this film is a real hit or miss for me uh, there's things I did really like, and then there's things that I didn't really like. I uh, liked the beginning when they're on the island, and then I didn't really like when they just left the island, which happens five minutes in. You know, like it's called Island Princess, <laughs> but they're not really on the island that much. You know, they they just go back, and the film's just at a normal castle. You know, just like every other Barbie film. I was kind of pumped to just see some people hanging out on a desert island, but that's fine. You know, uh, you know, it's, it's not a huge deal. We, we still get the island princess herself and her animal crew. Uh, and like you said, the animals, uh, some of them are good. You know, uh, I uh, was a huge Azul fan. I was, uh, you know, uh, I, the I was a real fan of the peacock. You know, that guy was pretty cool. Uh, I also have a soft spot for this movie because this was the first one that 
my wife fully watched with me. This was when she was finally fully went over. She's like, that's it. I'm watching the Barbie movies now with you. And we, you know, I showed her the list of the ones I had left to watch. And she said, I'm watching Island Princess. That's the one we're doing. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. She was like, I want to see Barbie on an island. And then she was just as disappointed as I was when five minutes in or 10 minutes in, uh, they, they leave the island. That was a bit of a bummer. But, mm. you know. I'm not a big Tika fan. Like the elephant. Ah, uh, the baby elephant. Yeah. She uh, she was uh, dare I say, almost on like bibble levels of annoying. Like she was just, <laughs> she was horrendous. <laughs> like you know, literally had a chance to protect her friend and help her out. Like she could help his sister out, and she was just like, I'm really, really upset that my BFF is going to be leaving me, and so I'm going to sabotage <laughs> her. And I was like, Whoa, Tika. Uh, I don't know if I'm supposed to be your fan or not, but uh, you fucking suck. Like, what a horrible friend to just burn her entire friendship aside just because she's a little jealous. Sorry, Tika. Um, Not much of a fan there. Uh, The the prince is fine. He's a little boring. He's a little plain Jane. I don't really care for him that much. Uh, Honestly, most of the people in this movie I'm not a huge fan of. Uh, I do low-key love the girl the prince is supposed to marry she's you know i i stand her all right she had the chance to marry a prince and she's just like you know i don't really like him yeah the, no, the that's island, a smaller yeah. move yeah if the island princess wants to marry her like fuck if he wants to marry some island chick be my fucking guest i don't care i like that she's like whatever like get me the fuck out of here like she, <laughs> i want a movie on her you know I, I you know i was a big fan of her I, I hope she has a lot of success in her life she doesn't have tika to weigh her down so i'm sure she'll do well so she was good yeah see that's what i mean like i love that luciana was like fuck this guy like i'm not really into him so i'm just gonna sit back and that weird island row girl just wants to marry him then i mean go up <laughs> also row was... is such a bad name i'm more of a fan of her name anyways right yeah i know that row is like her island le- island name because i know that there was like that plaque that washed up on shore with her and they just that's how they called her row so i don't like that because row is very like what is she like a boat you know (laughs) it just it was very weird weird name i like her full name better like i think it's rosella i wish that they would have just kept it as rosella but that's okay yeah you know there's there's nothing wrong with that it's just basically just a short version of it right yeah which is weird that i like somebody's government name over their nickname but (laughs) yeah instead of calling you dewey that'd be if i just called you do you know yeah. <laughs> so moving on from The Island Princess, at number eight, we have a film that was the first one that I saw, and that is Barbie and the Three Musketeers. So I have this right on the dot at number eight. You have it at number seven. Let's go. Let me pull up my notes on this here. So this is the first okay. one that I saw. I thought, yeah, this is the first one that I saw, and I thought you uh, were going to be a bit of a, a humbug on this one because I remember telling you when I first saw this movie that I liked it, and you were like, you liked The Three Musketeers? <laughs> oh, my God. You thought that was good. Wait till you see the other ones. So I thought, oh, my God, is this like 
one of her least favorites. The, the, the disdain in your voice. I thought, oh my god, I must have hit a nerve with this one. I, th- I thought this no, was a good movie. It's the ballet, you know. It just anything related to ballet just gives me trauma. I I did like this movie though, um, and I think I like it because at first she's like a young, like little country girl, um, and she gets to like go to Paris and she has this big dream of like being a musketeer and they're normally men but she's you know a girl who wants to live the same dream I do like I love how this movie has like two other girls that she I think they're her friends and um, they all share the same dream, so they're all trying to pursue the same goal together. Um, and I love that they're, like, taking over the men's role and and that uh, at the end of the movie, ultimately, it is them who saves the prince and not his um, men musketeers. Um, this wasn't, like, my favorite, by all means, and it wasn't, like, the worst one I've ever seen. This one was, like, mid for me. I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it. It was a good one to watch, but it wasn't my favorite for sure. Yeah, this one's this one's fantastic. You know, I uh, <laughs> I don't know if you've picked it up by now, but I, I'm a, the the ones that are good are the ones that are like real goofy. All right, like if I can just sit back and laugh at it the whole time, uh, I'm having a good time. All right, you know, it's not Thumbelina levels of incredibleness, but this movie definitely has a few gems. Like the very first scene of the movie, you have Barbie wanting to head off. To become a female musketeer and her mom is like hey barbie like you really shouldn't do this all right you're a woman all right and i'm a woman and as a woman i just want to let you know that you should probably just like stay in the kitchen and just do barn work <laughs> like you really shouldn't go out there i just i'm just letting you know like don't do it and she's like oh it's my dream mom you said that when i was 16 i'd be allowed to go live my dream and she's like all right fuck i did say that okay all right, you can go live your dream, I guess, but uh, don't come crying to me when it fails. That's all I'm going to say. So her mom, total bitch, all right? She leaves, goes out there, and of course, like you already said, all the men are horrible. Every single guy in this movie is the fucking worst. It's hilarious. Yeah. I, like, this <laughs> is the most misogynistic town I've ever seen, all right? This is basically uh, a little sneak peek to the movie Barbie that everybody is uh, checking out uh, this month. It's basically, like, this is the closest to Barbie where like every guy yeah. here is like, they're part of the patriarchy. They are a bunch of fucking losers. If a girl talks to them, they're like, I'm sorry, you're a woman. Why did you just talk to me? Like they are, whoo, this is my first Barbie movie too. So I kind of was like, oh, I guess Barbie world is just a really like sexist place. Like this is crazy. Like I kind of just assumed this was every movie and I, you know, was just going to assume that until I saw the second movie. I was like, Oh, I guess it's just how everything is. Like, Oh my God, these guys are the fucking worst. I, I can't, you know, fuck these guys, you know? And you know, I think it's a pretty good film. All right. Every guy here sucks. Uh, her mom sucks. Everybody in this movie sucks. All right. Except like you said, her, and then she met two other friends and they all have the same dream. And they start doing their little training montage, which is hilarious. And then the three of them obviously take down the big bad at the end of the movie. Not the men, the girls, fuck them all. 
it's it's just a fun time there's some really really bad animation scenes where like they're falling but it looks like they're like waving their hands at a concert it doesn't look like they're actually falling like just a lot (laughs) of really weird animated choices that worked for me so well It, it was hilarious it was a genuinely fun time and then my favorite twist at the end of the movie is her and the other musketeers save the day they're getting crowned as the royal musketeers that's going to protect the prince and you have her mom come up to her and be like i believed in you all this time i'm so proud of (laughs) you i knew you would do it and barbie's like thank you mom and i'm like no tell her she's a fucking bitch she didn't believe in you she's gaslighting everyone like what she's gaslighting the audience she didn't do that like you know they're trying to make me think i didn't know what happened i saw the beginning of this movie all right i'm not an eight-year-old girl i remember what happened all right and i don't forgive you mother and i think that's part of the reason why i love this movie is like the toxic the toxicness of this movie there's a lot of toxic men toxic mother like everyone was just very horrible and yet she still came out on top so kudos to connie yeah and then we have a cat that wants to be a musketeer or uh what is it a a castateer is that what she called herself i think so yeah yeah so you know iconic characters and and also this is one of quite a few movies and i was wanting to talk to you about this because it kind of blew my mind that's the cats are the hero's pet. Barbie has a pet cat. In some other films later in this list, she has a pet cat. And the evil villain has the pet dog. Dogs are like the bad guy's pet. They're evil. And aside yeah. from Diamond Castle, almost every single movie, if the bad guy has a pet, it's a dog. And if Barbie has a pet, it's a cat. And I was wanting to get your take, like... You know, the big dog lover yourself. Uh, what's with the slander from Barbie? Uh, anti-dogs. So that's one thing that I hate about <laughs> these movies. Because I think genuinely, like, cats are way more evil than dogs. Like, I think in any other movie, normally it's, like, the evil cat. So I think Barbie just chose the dog as like a way to be original. Um, but I think cats are way like way more evil than dogs. And even like any cat in any Barbie movie, they still look like really kind of creepy to me. But maybe that's coming from someone who's like not a big fan of cats. But yeah, I think they're a little doggish. But that's okay because I have enough <laughs> love. Yeah. To, I have a little enough love to overlook that. But it is something that really does make me angry. <laughs> yeah, I, I I believe I watched this and then Princess and the Pop. I think those were my first two, and both of them like the dogs are so evil. And I was like, oh my gosh, is this yeah. is this every movie? I couldn't believe it. Uh, and so <laughs> I, I was like, this is the franchise that Dewey wanted to watch uh, that the anti dog <laughs> movie. So. Yeah, I thought that was very interesting. Um, yeah, I don't really like cats or dogs. Uh, I think both are, you know, too much work. Uh, I'm a lazy guy. I, I can't look after a pet that 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 needs that much work. But uh, it, you know, <laughs> dogs are scary. So when Barbie was pinning them as the bad guys, I was like, finally, somebody's oh, doing it. <laughs> I was I like, it's like no I other knew. franchise has the balls to make them the bad guys, but Barbie does. I knew you were going to say that. I'm like, every time I saw a dog, 
I was like, Quentin's gonna love the fact that this dog is also, like, evil. Yeah, they're finally getting the light that they deserve, alright? They're finally getting their true villain origin story. Add <laughs> a bee, Barbie. Barbie knows what you know, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's right, you know? Maybe that's why I'm such a big fan of her, alright? We, we got very similar tastes, alright? We're, we're, we're anti-dogs, <laughs> we're pro-good-looking men, we're pro- transforming dresses all right we you know we, we, we got a lot of things alike all right so we can move on to number seven here uh and i did forget to mention uh some of these are a tie um and just for those that aren't familiar with how i do the rankings if there's a tie it just goes in the guest's favor so whichever one dewey places in a better position that film will be higher up the list. So this film that we're going to be discussing was technically tied with the Three Musketeers. Since Dewey has this one higher than the Musketeers, uh, we'll be talking about it now. And at seventh place, we have the second film that they released, Rapunzel. And that is going to be number four for Dewey. You know, cracking her top five, finally. You know, uh, you know, I we cracked mine way back with Thumbelina, but for her, we're finally cracking her <laughs> top five, and I have this one at eleven. So, uh, oh my god, yeah, quite a bit lower. Okay, so I am a sucker for the story of Rapunzel. So of course, Barbie as Rapunzel was perfect for me. Um, I also think this is one of the most beautiful dresses I've seen her wear. Um, the dress that she wears in this movie is just perfect. Um, I love the, like, different shades of pink and just the gold. Like, she looks so good. And also just this story. Like, the classic story of Rapunzel has been one of my favorite. Um, Tangled is, like, my favorite Disney movie. So, of course, I had to put this in. But I think Barbie did a good job of of portraying this story. I mean, everyone knows the story of Rapunzel, so I don't need to go too much into it. The dress scene, especially, was just so magical to me. Like, just the way that they made that scene, it made me want to be Rapunzel and wear the dress one day. I also love how, like, the evil witch was actually scary in this movie. Um, She had me scared a couple times, I'm not going to lie, uh, which is, is hard, hard to do. I also love... Otto, I think, I think his name was, um, the tea scene, like, please make tea for me one day, Otto. <laughs> um, everything else was, was fine. I mean, it has a good plot and the characters. Yeah, I, I liked this movie a lot. It was very good. Yeah, you mentioned Tangled, and I feel like maybe that's why I didn't really like this movie, because in comparison of, like, not even close. Like it just everything no. about this movie is just an inferior version uh, to the Disney Tangled. But on the flip side, I, there's just some decisions they made in this movie that I didn't love as a whole. I think it's perfectly fine, but it's not like cringy bad, like Three Musketeers or Thumbelina, and it's not like a good story, <laughs> like even the Diamond Castle. Like I just think that's a fun story, but like this one's kind of is is just fine. It's just good. This is the second movie they made right after nutcracker i believe and so i think the animation yeah. is still still needs some work right like you know they're still working their kinks out it's still not the best looking movie uh especially her hair like her hair looks pretty bad 
And her hair's like not <laughs> even that long. Like I think her hair is almost as long as your hair, Dewey. Like I don't know why she's Rapunzel when her hair's like barely touching the floor. Like you know. She had it okay. She had it braided up in some places. I'll I'll give her that. It wasn't as long as it could have been. You're you're definitely right on that. <laughs> yeah, like if they did the let down your hair scene, it was not gonna make it to the bottom of the tower. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> they had that in a dream. She had a dream that someone was saying that, and I was like, yeah, they had to keep the iconic let down your hair scene, but it also had to be a dream because her hair is not that long in the actual movie. <laughs> so I like how that was a dream sequence. The only time she has long hair, uh, she was dreaming about having long hair. So that. You know, that's fine. Iconic, Just... <laughs> iconic. <laughs> yeah, it's iconic. Um, but also, it's actually so similar to Tangled. And maybe I just don't know the full Rapunzel story, but I thought Tangled just made a lot of stuff up. But both of them have Gothel as the villain, the exact same villain with the name and everything. Mm-hmm. It's the exact same villain. I thought they just created a character named Gothel for the Tangled movie. And then they both have magic paintbrushes. They both want to go to the castle and dance with the prince. Like, they both have, like, very similar stories with their little sidekick animal and everything. Like, the movie is very similar to Tangled. I just thought, oh, it's Rapunzel. It's just going to be her letting her hair down for a guy. And that's all I know about the film. But I didn't realize it's pretty much beat for beat for Tangled. So, you know what? Yeah. Maybe Tangled should be getting less credit because they basically just stole this film. That's all I'm going to say. No, Tangled is the best. No Tangled slander. <laughs> no, of course not. But, you know, uh, we'll give some credit to this film for originality because uh, a lot of the stuff was kind of taken from this, which is probably just part of the original Rapunzel story. You know, I'm not super cultured with Rapunzel. Uh, maybe Gothel and the Magic Paintbrush is just a mainstay for the franchise. But yeah, I wasn't a big fan of the dragon. We have the little baby dragon that hangs out with Rapunzel. And Mm -hmm. then there's a big dragon that guards the castle. I didn't realize there was dragons in the Rapunzel universe, but it's a pretty terrifying sight to behold. Uh, This big (laughs) dragon is towering over everyone. And the little dragon has like like a side storyline in this film where she wants to impress her dad, but her dad's really disappointed in her because she's hanging out with Rapunzel too much and she's not really standing on her own two feet. And uh, guess what, Mr. Dragon? Who's the pot calling the kettle black? Not standing on your <laughs> own two feet and you're too busy following the demands of one woman? You're doing that with Gothel. Like, Gothel is just this old hag and this big dragon is like, yes, ma'am, you want me to just stand outside and not do anything and make sure Rapunzel doesn't leave? Anything for you, Mrs. Gothel? And I'm like, oh my god. This dude is like a giant bitch. Like the big <laughs> the big old dragon is just like, Yes, Mrs. Gothel, I'll stand guard, whatever you say. Like, oh my god. Who is he? What a horrible father to be like criticizing his daughter for doing the exact same thing he's doing. As a matter of fact, she's better than him. At least she's like throwing out some ideas to Rapunzel. She's actually helping people out. This guy's standing in front of a castle and he thinks he's showing her what a good example this is. Uh, Come (laughs) on. Fuck this guy. So the the dragon storyline was infuriating. And like, he barely has a heel turn. At the end, he's like, oh, I guess you you are trying. What are you talking (laughs) about, dude? Like, what are you doing? Like, I don't know. He's a loser. Uh, Is he, you know, maybe you know more about dragons than I do. Is he the most pathetic dragon ever known to man? 
Like in all of fiction, is, is he like the most pathetic dragon? I can't think of one that's like more pathetic than this guy. Honestly, I think you're right. Because like other dragons I can think of are like from Shrek and stuff. And like, I just, the dragons, that part I did hate. Yeah, I wasn't into that at all. Yeah, what a loser. <laughs> no personality, I guess. And the personality he did have was shitty. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to say one thing, though. Prince Stefan. How did you feel about uh, about this prince? I liked him. He doesn't have as much content as some other princes we'll be talking about very, very soon, by the way. Um, yeah. So I don't love him as much as other princes, but he's, he's, he's not too bad. I love that. Okay. So the reason why I brought him up only is because he's probably one of the only like blonde princes that I actually liked. Um, so I just wanted to put that in there that uh, this blondie is probably one of the only blonde princes that made my top list. <laughs> nice. oh, do, you, do you actually have a list? Yeah, a little list. Incredible. I should have made my own list of the princes. <laughs> Damn. Moving on to number six. Uh, you thought Rapunzel was a big divide. This is our biggest divide of the entire podcast. At number oh. six, uh, yeah, yeah, this is a big one. We have Barbie and the Magic of Pegasus. Uh, uh, yes. This one's technically tied for two other films, but obviously we're going to be going in the order of Dewey, and she put this at 12, and yep. I put it at two. What? Oh my goodness, okay. <laughs> the divide is real. Yeah, this this um, is this is easily one of the best. I can't believe you put it so low. The reason why I didn't like this movie was mainly because I don't know what the hell a Pegasus is. And the difference between like a Pegasus and a unicorn what? and a normal horse. It just <laughs> I just honestly I hate I was very confused. That's a me. That's a me thing, though. Hold on. You don't like the movie because you got you. You don't know the difference between the three types of species. Yeah, that's what I'm telling you. Oh I my told God. you I have personal vendettas against. Yeah, well, that's great to hear. I'll quickly answer that question for you if you want. A unicorn has a horn on it. A Pegasus has wings, and a horse has neither. <laughs> I love that. Thank you for <laughs> no, no problem. All right, now now you can put this at number two. Right? Okay, but but like, what if a uh, <laughs> what if it has a horn and wings? Then no. what does it make us? A <laughs> uh, unipegasus? I have I have no idea. I don't think they have. That. See, they should have made it the magic of the unipegasus, oh and God. then I would have been like, holy shit, that's amazing. <laughs> but anyway, another reason why I didn't like this movie was Wenlock. She gave me such creeper vibe like i was so uncomfortable with this guy every time i saw him i just like cringed i don't like his name i just don't like how he's like an evil wizard just the whole thing gave me like dungeon and dragon vibes even though i've never even played dungeon and dragon <laughs> yeah he reminds <laughs> me of I... a 10-sided dice yeah like <laughs> That whole thing, that made me lose interest in the movie, and then it was just really hard to watch. Like, 
I like the name of the princess, though, like Princess Anika. Like, that was a really nice name for them to give. Um, But yeah, the whole Pegasus thing. And then the only thing I did love about this movie, though, was the small polar bear. I think its name is Shiver. Mm -hmm. I call my dog in real life a little polar bear, so that made me... (laughs) That made me kind of think of him, which was nice. Um, but yeah, this movie, this movie was boring, and the whole time I was very confused on what a Pegasus was. Oh my god! <laughs> which I probably should have searched up, and then maybe I would have liked this movie more if I understood like <laughs> how, like what magical thing Pegasus was. But yeah, that's why I didn't like this movie. Because it seemed too confusing to having a flying horse that didn't have a that didn't have a horn. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's why I hated the movie. <laughs> oh my god. Well, I like how you said that she had a pet polar bear. And uh, for those that haven't listened to the po- for those that haven't seen the film, I should put a little caveat. She has like a slave polar bear. Like like she kidnapped this polar bear. She was just you know just yeah. skating around and she saw a polar bear and she just went, "You're mine, bitch," and just took it. Like she just. But I would do that. That's why, <laughs> you know, sometimes that's how you get pet. No, no, no you like, see like them that's, yeah. And you're like, you're mine. <laughs> yeah, that's just one of the many things I absolutely love about this movie. This is the goofiest film, easy, of the entire <laughs> franchise. Like she just stole a polar bear, and then later on, really, I just need to rip the bandaid off and say my favorite part of the whole film. For for those that haven't seen the Magic of Pegasus, you know, I'll let you in on who the pegasus is her parents are both frozen by the evil wenlock who i think is one of my favorite villains of the franchise he's just absolutely he's absolutely hilarious the dude's just a giant running joke he's hilarious he's like super creepy and evil and he has like the dumbest one-liners the entire time (laughs) and so he takes her parents and so she runs away, and she's like, oh my god, I, I need to find this crystal, I need to save my parents, this is horrible. And she runs into a pegasus, and the pegasus is like, yo, wait, do you know who I am? Like, what's up? Like, do, do you realize I'm your sister? And Barbie's just like, what? What are you talking about? You're a fucking horse with wings. I am a human <laughs> being. How are you my sister? And they reveal the craziest backstory ever. That is, she was cursed when she was with her parents and she was turned into a pegasus. And her parents were so ashamed that their daughter is now a horse with wings. And she flew (laughs) away because she was so embarrassed that her parents are ashamed of her now. And she's been hiding ever since secretly been part of this family that barbie did not know about so she must be a little bit older than barbie because barbie was either not born at that moment when she was turned into a unicorn or sorry when she's turned into a pegasus or see it's confusing (laughs) you you got me all confused all right you're the one that brought it up either she wasn't born then or she was very young because she didn't realize that she even had a sister to begin with let alone a sister that disappeared because she has been transformed into a pegasus they just have a twist in the middle of the movie that this pegasus that she's hanging out with is actually her sister her long-lost sister and i'll tell you right now i thought the dragon from rapunzel was the worst parent of this franchise those parents (laughs) who made their daughter 
feel so fucking horrible and insecure because she got transformed by an evil witch. Like, she didn't turn herself into a fucking Pegasus. It, it was a curse. And they made her feel so bad that she had to fly away. Who are these parents? They, they just made their own daughter feel like she had to leave because she's a Pegasus now, and that's just so embarrassing yeah. for her parents. Oh my god. See, like, I obviously think her parents are shitty, but I find it kind of iconic for me because I was like, what the fuck is a Pegasus? <laughs> so the fact that her parents were also like, you get out of here, uh, it made me a little happy. I might be a little evil saying that, but... And then when they save the parents and uh, the Pegasus flies back to see her parents, and they're like, oh my god! It's you! It's been so long! And I was like, get the fuck out of here. You're the reason why she left. <laughs> like, pretending you care now just because she's back and saved you guys. Just because you guys are now alive because she stuck her neck out and saved you guys. Now, all of a sudden, you're okay that she's a Pegasus? Get out of here. Unbelievable. Yeah, you think this film's dogus? This film is Pegasus. Like, they are <laughs> so rude to this woman. This poor woman who got cursed. It's not like she, like, you know, decided to change species and you know on her own t- tuition decide you know what i'm, I'm gonna become a pegasus it seems pretty fun you know i, I kind of like flying around and stuff no this wasn't her decision it was a curse then the poor woman <laughs> has so much trauma and her parents are like get the fuck out of here like the, uh, this is so embarrassing for us our daughter's a horse like oh my god that kind of is embarrassing <laughs> <laughs> being a, yeah. it's embarrassing being a a horse thing that yeah. doesn't have a horn yeah oh my god no horn get out of here <laughs> unbelievable the disrespect and like what now she has to sleep in a stable oh my god disgusting (laughs) and also so one i love this twist two i love the villain i know you're not a fan of him but number three and most importantly uh i think this might be one of my favorite barbies Uh, i think annika is fantastic and i think this is my favorite prince like hands down i love the prince in this movie do you yeah i uh, i'm curious to see how far he is on your list for best princes but this guy is hilarious i think it's prince aiden uh i i I don't yeah i'm bad with remembering the names yeah i didn't even like this like movie that much that's why i'm like oh prince um so we'll see where he fell on my list (laughs) yeah it's basically just him and annika just chirping each other the whole time they're just constantly roasting each other it's so funny that's like the most ideal relationship, right? Like most of these other Barbie movies, it's like, oh, Prince Boring, I'm a princess <laughs> and I just transformed into my dress. We should get married. And then this one <laughs> is like the most realistic relationship. Like they're just walking to try and find the stone together and they're just like chirping each other the whole time. They're like, oh, are you stuck there? Well, what does it look like, idiot? Like <laughs> they're just like, just rosy each other the whole time. It's fucking hilarious. I didn't even know they were going to be romantically involved. I thought they were just like, going to become best friends i didn't realize it was going to be like a romantic thing but sure enough you know of course they had to become a romantic pairing and honestly i ship it you know this is the most realistic depiction of a relationship that i've seen you know i think of the barbie cinematic universe i ship these two the most i think they're pretty hilarious together i love that yeah also they like get the diamond and they get like two because he needs one because there's a backstory for him as well where he uh he bet his parents like all of his parents money on like a game of poker 
and he has like a real gambling problem and so he like bet all of their money and he's so ashamed that he lost all their money that he just ran away so like (laughs) as far as his parents know he just stole their money and left like he should probably go back and explain like hey guys i made a really bad choice i lost all of our money now I'm going to dip out because I'm ashamed. And really, I guess this film is a lot of, uh, you know, it's, it's got some strong themes of being, you know, feeling like you've brought shame to your parents. You know, we got the Pegasus <laughs> who flew away because she was ashamed that she's, you know, got wings and four feet now. And then we got the prince here who left because he's ashamed he has a real gambling problem. And as, uh, you know, a man that also loves to gamble, and I probably have a problem as well, you know? I I, uh, I can respect a, a flawed character like that. <laughs> like you know, I I, uh, I stand this guy hard. I thought he was pretty fucking cool, and um, I like how he has a diamond and she has a diamond. He just wants to bring it to his parents so he can like give them some money back because he still feels bad about something that he did like ten fucking years ago or something. And then Barbie wants this diamond to obviously like bring her parents back somehow. I don't really know how the magic of these diamonds work, but. Her shatters, and then he has this big dilemma of, do I use mine to, like, save this random chick's parents, who I, like, have been roasting this entire movie because she's really annoying to me, or should I bring some money to my parents? And he's like, you know what? <laughs> fuck my parents again. I don't really give a fuck. I'm gonna help this girl with her family. And, you know, I uh, I was fucking feeling that. I was like, fuck yeah, let's go. Like, fuck your parents, you know? <laughs> help this girl out in her, uh, you know, get her parents back. So, you know... It's kind of a fun story, but most importantly, it's just really fucking hilarious. Every character, every decision, like Wenlock is like the creepiest little fucker. They even have like a montage. I don't know if you remember, but the prince, when he's building the staff, right? When he's like putting yeah. the gem on the staff and he like takes a crown and he like makes it into some like concoction of a staff or something. And like, <laughs> that's hilarious. It's like a slow montage and like, it's supposed to look really badass and manly like look at this guy he's a man and he's building a staff but you're just watching the screen and he's just like hitting it with a rock and you're like yeah that's a that, that's some real skill he's just, he's like a cake man just bumping two things together hoping it sticks like i don't know why but even things like that are just hilarious it's like supposed to be this epic montage it's just a dude hitting a stick like you know this is a good movie. This is, yeah, I stand by it being number two. I uh, I find it very charming. So that is The Magic of Pegasus. We can move on to number five here. We are cracking our top five. And we have another film that I stand wholeheartedly, uh, even if it looks like you don't. And that is The Barbie Diaries. Oh. So Dewey has this at eight. And I have it at six, so it looks like we're pretty close, but I fucking love this movie. This movie's also fantastic. Okay, so I I liked this movie because it's, like, the most realistic vibe. Like, she's a high schooler, and it's, like, a bunch of, like, it's literally a high school teeny bopper movie made into Barbie. Todd? Like, I have no words for Todd. I think that's, yeah, that's Barbie's crush. Todd is just an idiot. Like, I don't know what to say about about him, like, to do him justice, because Todd's just, Todd is Todd. She has another love interest, which is Kevin, um, her secret admirer. Uh, that whole thing was fucking creepy. 
I'm not gonna lie. Maybe it's just me, but I don't think leaving notes for a girl without like saying who you are is very romantic. And Barbie thought that it was Todd this whole time leaving her the notes, so that just goes to show how like Kevin just wasn't that interesting, I guess. Um well, Bert. <laughs> I I think it's iconic that Barbie saw the video of Todd and Raquel like breaking up. Like that was so funny to me. The drama was so good. The whole like free bracelet though in a diary just because she's being bullied, that was kinda weird. <laughs> like No, that was so good. Like people get bullied every day and you're giving this girl a free bracelet and a diary. Like a diary so she can write down all her all her feelings and stuff, even though she, I think she uses it to like write things into existence. I did love this movie though. It's just Kevin was like so ugh. And then Todd, like first of all, who picked the name Todd? The whole time I just was like I kept thinking of a toad. Like Todd reminded me of a toad. <laughs> Um, I'm yeah. only laughing because maybe I have told you the story before, but I remember we have this Mario game at home, or mm-hmm. this board game where you can play as a bunch of Mario characters, and there's like twelve to like fifteen Mario characters. Like there's tons of characters on there, and you have to like move them around. And you know, I don't really remember how the game exactly works, but we played it with our grandmother once, and so we were playing this game, and you have to like announce who you're moving one space or whatever. And she kept moving Toad, right? Like the little mushroom guy. She kept moving him. And she kept calling him Todd. And we were like, Grandma, why do you keep moving this one character? Like you can move anybody you want, right? Like that's part of the game, but you just keep moving the one guy. And she goes, oh, I like moving Todd around. He's the only name I know. I don't know anyone else on the board. (laughs) And we're like, we don't want to break it to her, but we're like, we don't know him either. You keep calling him Todd. His name's Toad. We call Toad from the Mario franchise. We call him Todd all the time now because of that. But I just thought that was really funny how you uh, kind of got the same connection. You you kept looking at Todd and you thought his name was Toad. I love it. I love that. I uh, do disagree with you on one scene in particular, which is the scene where they get the bracelets and diary. I think that <laughs> scene is so good. And for those that haven't seen the film, which I'm sure most people haven't, let me paint you a little picture here, okay? So we have Barbie and her friends at this store trying to get some dresses, you know, trying to look good for prom. And we have the mean girls, baby. We got some bullies in the room. They're like laughing at them, you know, making some jokes like, oh, no man wants to dance with you guys. Like, fuck these girls. Maybe you should ask (laughs) for a refund for that dress because no one wants to dance with you, you know throwing some good you know spitting some good bars at him you know shitting him a little bit uh so they get their dresses and they leave all right the bullies leave and we have barbie and her two friends you know they're pretty bummed they were really excited for prom and uh they were just told the news that uh you know the the bullies are you know dancing with the men they want to dance with and they're shitting on them and you know they're really at a real low here and the cashier you know the woman that this fully grown adult, all right? This is like a 30-year-old woman who looks at these teenagers and she's like, hey, hey, come over here. And they walk up to her at the register and she goes, you know, 
I too was a loser in high school. And so I can <laughs> really connect with what you guys are going through right now. And I was like, oh my God, like this woman definitely lives with cats at home, right? Like, like this woman, like she is, <laughs> she is really reliving her glory days right now. She is having a tough time. Like I feel bad for this woman. And so she goes, you know, let me get you guys some necklaces, all right? They're on the house, all right? We got, we got some brand new necklace, or sorry, we got some brand new bracelets, all right? They're on the house. You guys can each take one. And so they take some of the bracelets and Barbie takes one and the cashier goes, oh my gosh, <laughs> you got the magic bracelet. That bracelet comes with a free diary as well. And so Barbie got a bracelet and a diary for free. I don't know how a bracelet and a diary are connected here, but she hit the jackpot. She, uh, she got the special one where she also got a diary with it. And of course, that's why it's called the Barbie Diaries. She uh, uses this diary to uh, maybe write down all of her secret thoughts and admires about everybody around her. And, uh, you know, like Dewey said, this film is pretty much just Barbie going around with all the gossip going on in high school. It's just, you know, people talking, there's love interest, you know, there's some drama, you know, it's pretty much just like the movie Mean Girls, but for Barbies. And it's everything that I could have <laughs> wanted. You know, Barbie wants to run a she wants to run a news channel. She wants to be a news anchor, I guess. And so she has a really captivating story about what makes popular girls so popular. And everybody's mind blown. Oh my gosh, what a concept. She's going to ask popular kids why they're popular. You know, really not that complicated of a concept. But, you know, the teachers that she pitched this to were, you know, fully on board they're like holy fucking shit i've been in school for so long and i don't even know the answer to that please solve one of earth's greatest mysteries and let us know what happens so you know <laughs> she's got a real mystery on her case she's interviewing all the popular girls she's now becoming part of the popular girls and she's kind of leaving her friends behind kind of just generic high school drama romance filled film and uh like you said with kevin all right this kevin guy right those who haven't seen the film, let me let you know. He is a piece of fucking work, this guy. <laughs> He's, like, filming cheerleaders and trying to, like, I don't know what he's doing. I don't even, I don't even want to know. Honestly, if I, uh, if I asked him, he might get canceled. This guy is really, he's, he's really trying. Uh, he's, he, he's a fucking weirdo. And then Barbie and her friends are hugging. He, like, walks up and he's like, do you mind if I join this hug, ladies? Uh. <laughs> and it's <Flashback>. like <laughs> yeah, it's like kevin um maybe you should find like some actual friends like you're leeching off these girls please stop Ugh. it's so weird it's so weird and then you know this is kind of the the guy barbie goes for so you know i'm sure dewey has this guy at the top of her list i'm sure she's uh i'm sure she's a big kevin fan um and you know oh, what yeah <laughs> yeah as much as i hate kevin though all right i will give him one thing and, and I hate to do it because this guy is really fucking creepy, but I'm really impressed that him and Barbie have these movie nights, all right? And how they do this is one of them picks a movie that starts with the letter, and then the other one <laughs> picks a food item that starts with the same letter, and they go down the alphabet. And honestly, I think that's a pretty fucking cool idea. Me and Andrew are going to start doing that. I, I pitched it to her. She didn't seem too into it, but I'm going to start making it a thing. I think we're going to start honestly? with- 
Yeah, I, think I love that. Yeah, I think we're gonna start with uh, obviously start with the letter A. So we might have we might watch American Pie while eating apple pie. That's what I'm thinking for the first one. Let's go. Both start with the letter A, and they kind of you know got a little theme there. All right, uh, we'll put my dick in the pie. You know, I you know we'll just eat it. <laughs> but you know, uh, I, I I honestly, as much as I hate Kevin, this is kind of a cool idea. All right, a food item with a movie that starts with the same letter. You may be onto something, Kevin, all right? Uh, I don't support you uh, filming cheerleaders without their consent, but I do support this. (laughs) This is pretty cool. I love that you took something from Kevin because I'm trying to forget him. (laughs) Yeah. um... I also just want to point out that I relate the name Kevin as the same energy as a Karen. (laughs) So the whole time, it it just reminded me of that, too. It really pissed me off they named him Kevin. But it's fitting for him because he's a creep. So, moving on. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, yeah, yeah, I wasn't too thrilled. But, uh, <laughs> that was a blossoming of romance in the film. But, uh, you know, uh, you know, sometimes there's a swing and a miss, and Kevin was a miss. But, you know. <laughs> All right. So, we can move on to number four here. And we have Barbie and the Twelve Dancing Princesses. Let's go. Let's go. Dewey has this one at five, and I have it at nine. So a little lower. Oh my god. Looking at my notes here, I realized that the reason why this movie was so high for me was because I freaking loved Derek. (laughs) I think that all the dancing scenes were great to watch. Um, And I definitely loved that her name was Guinevere. Oh my God. Um, that was such a like a unique name that they used, which kind of made me like remember the movie more. I also loved like obviously I have two sisters, so any movie with sisters in it, I'm gonna love and relate. So the fact that she had eleven sisters was wild. However, I'm not a huge fan of like the mom always being the one that dies because I think a lot of this stuff that happened in this movie wouldn't have happened if it was the dad that died um (laughs) so i think that like i believe there's a there's a woman that comes in and i think it's like their aunt or something um and she's kind of teaching them how to all like be more proper and and stuff and she like forces them to wear gray dresses and all that stuff like that lady abused them I really hated that. I wish that um, it was the dad that died instead of the mom. <laughs> yeah, this one's perfectly fine. It's kind of there with Rapunzel and Diamond Castle, where it's it's a good story. You know, I like it. Uh, I, I don't got too much to say about this this movie in particular. I I think the dancing's really good. I thought the name Guinevere wasn't very good I, you know me and you can, <laughs> can be conflicted on that I, I that was just like what a fucking name this quite a fucking mouthful Guinevere like I don't you know I guess it's fine um, it's unique <laughs> it is unique uh, I do love how to enter this world or whatever they have to her and a guy have to dance together to open up the portal and they have to like step on the stuff like precisely to like have everything work perfectly together and so she starts yes. dancing with this guy and everyone's like oh my god wow they're 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 really cute together look, look at them out there dancing wow that's 
so cute. And <laughs> their dancing is just like the most mediocre dancing ever. Like they're not even stepping on the actual things if you look at their feet. Like they keep cutting and it's like, oh, the stuff's glowing, they're doing it. But when they do the wide shots, you're like, oh, they're actually not even stepping on the stuff. They 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 clearly just took two different like footages and placed on top of each other. They have like the backdrop and then they have them dancing. They just put it on top. Like they did not match the feet with the the platforms that they're stepping on. So little things like that. I thought were hilarious. I thought that was a really funny dance sequence. Uh, but like as a whole, you know, uh, like you said, I'm not a big music guy. So uh, with that comes with dancing. Uh, you know, watching like 12 girls dance isn't really my most exciting thing. But I will give credit <laughs> to the guy at least. I thought the dude walking around just like giving girls all these shoes and stuff like that dude was a real homie. You know, he was a yeah. pretty he was a pretty nice guy. Uh, he would probably be up there as like one of the best love interests. Like he's just a really nice dude. Most guys in the Barbie universe are kind of douchey or horrible, like I mentioned in the Three Musketeers. You know, guys kind of suck in this universe, and he's like one of the only good ones, you know? So I'll yes. give him that. My boy Derek. Derek, let's go. Yeah, no, he's a, he's a real charmer. I, I like that guy. So I'll give Derek kudos for that, giving everyone shoes. <laughs> and, I, and I like how the girl's like... Does he like me? Do you think he got me shoes? And I'm like, girl, he got everyone's shoes, all right? So like, <laughs> like let's calm down. Yeah. Although it would have been a baller move if he got 11 girls' shoes, but not the girl that likes him. Yeah, that would have been iconic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would have been. All right, so we can move on to number three here. And the top three are the top three by a large margin, may I add. Uh, these are the only three that both of us have in our top seven. Every other film, one of us didn't have it in our top seven. So this, these three are the only ones that we both agreed are in the top half of the list. And not only that, but they are also all in our top four. So pretty big gap. All three of these, we agree, are some of the best films that we can get from the Barbie Cinematic Universe. And to top it off, we have probably one of the most iconic. We have Barbie. The Princess and the Popper. So I have this one at three, right where it's currently at, and Dewey has it at two. So The Princess and the Popper was like one of my favorite movies growing up, so I had to put it very high. Um, the the song that they sing, um, "I Am a Girl Like You," iconic. My sister and I, um, we always kind of start singing that song when we do something, like, similar. This is just, like, such a good movie. I don't know, like, just the way that they they did this movie, it was perfect. I think this is the movie, though, you were talking about with the scary dog. Yeah. Which I, which I have to give a little hate for because, of course, I love dogs and, and they should have made it a cat for sure. Um, but yeah, I love this movie. I've seen it like a million times. Um, also the one guy, I don't know his name, but the one guy, uh, that's very into like doing the, the mime, the miming, I think it is. Um, he's freaking scary. And like, he used to give me nightmares as a child. So I just. I n- I n- always hated him, and to this day, he still re- like scares me. Um, but this is probably like one of the best movies that they've ever 
they've ever made. I stand by that. <laughs> Are you talking about the villain? Yeah. Preminger? I think that's... Is that his name? Yeah, it is. I'm pretty sure, yeah. I think it's Preminger. Yeah, he's a creep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, he, he's, on, he's honestly with there with the uh, Magic of Pegasus of just great villains, you know? Like, he is yeah. a creepy guy. Um, yeah, and I, I, I think this film is pretty great. I'm with you there. You know, it's uh, the classic story of two girls that look exactly the same, and they, like, kind of switch places, but it's, like, a bit of a twist. He's under the impression the princess is dead, and so Preminger is, like, walking mm. around, like, ah, you know, she's dead. Oh, no, what are we gonna do? I guess we'll have to get married. Like, you know, I guess I'll be king <laughs> if you insist. And then when the girl that looks just like the princess dresses up as the princess and comes in, like, some of that stuff is hilarious. The look, like, Preminger is, like, screaming like a rat, like, oh, oh, oh my gosh, yay, the princess is alive. How, like, what are you doing? Like, you know, it's, it's really funny yeah. stuff. Uh, this is easily probably the best made Barbie movie. Uh, I, I think this is just a genuinely great film. Uh, the song you were referencing, is that the first song where they're both in their own world singing? I don't think so. It's the one where they like meet at the fountain. Oh, that song. Oh, yeah, no, that song is good. But yeah. the best song is when they're both in their own worlds, and then they have like the cut screen, and they're both like, like she's looking out the window of her castle, and she's looking out the window of her cabin. Like they're both like, yeah, both looking out and singing together, and they're both in totally different worlds, but they're both, you know, obviously in unison. It's you know, some of that stuff's pretty good actual filmmaking. Like it's actually kind of yeah. cool how they do some of that stuff. And it's just a genuinely good film. Every character is likable in this movie. Like, you know, the prince and the guy that's helping her out and the two girls and even even Primager. Obviously, he's not a good guy, but he's such a good villain. Like, I love hating yeah. him. Like, he's just a genuinely twisted guy. And seeing him get his comeuppance at the wedding is really, really fun. It's just a genuinely fun film that, like, I would actually recommend parents show their kids like this is just a this is just a genuinely good kids movie like it's kind of crazy yeah. how good this film is compared to the rest of this franchise which i have fun with a lot of these movies but i don't know if i would like you know i'd probably recommend pixar to families before i recommend thumbelina but this movie <laughs> you know i would recommend this movie like this is actually a genuinely great kids movie yeah they have some handsome kings in it and princes in this movie too you know, some good-looking guys, you know? Who, who might have questioned that? Yeah. By far my top, like, one of my favorites. Oh, uh, which one? Dominic or Julian? Both. Fan of both? Both for, different, both for different reasons. Let's say you are Princess Annalise. Who are you picking? King Dominique or Julian? Julian. I, I knew it. I knew, I knew Dewey was a Julian boy. <laughs> Of course, of yeah. course. How could I not be? He's just, uh, he's just perfect. Yeah, he's a, he's a good looking guy. I was watching this movie and I was like, yeah, I can tell Dewey's going to be a Julian fan. <laughs> just gave off that vibe. You'll see where he is. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, so honestly, yeah, this is just a genuinely good film for those that haven't checked it out yet. But, uh, and honestly, this is considered one of the best Barbie movies. Like going in, I heard that this was a good one. So. Yeah, you know, it uh, it kind of you know it kind of earns the reputation it has. It's uh, it's just as good as people say. So we can move on to number two here, the second best Barbie film according to us, 
and that is going to be the number one film for one of us, and that is Barbie in Swan Lake. So I have this one at number four, and Dewey has this at number one. This movie is just perfect. Minus one thing, I will have to say, I think her name is Odette. Her voice is probably one of the worst things I have ever heard in my life. Like, I can words cannot explain this girl's voice. Actually, words can explain it. Uh, have you seen the show Friends? No. You've never seen the show Friends? No, okay, I'm not well, cultured. That's okay. It won't explain it for you, but it would explain to everyone else that has seen the show. It's voice acted by Janice. The woman that plays Janice on the show Friends, she plays this character, and it's the same annoying voice. It, it's incredible. They they literally pulled Janice, and they're like, "Hey, just do what you did for Friends. Like, we literally don't want anything else. <laughs> like, like just do the same bit." Because Janice is known as a character on Friends that has a very annoying voice, and everybody on the show always makes fun of her voice when she's not there. They're they're always making fun of her. Nobody likes Janice. And so she's like a very famous character for having a very famous, annoying voice. And this movie literally casted her and said, we want that voice. Like, they just casted her for the voice. <laughs> and it's so good. Like, I was watching the movie and I just went, hold, hold on. This woman sounds exactly like Janice. Like, this is a really good Janice impression from Friends. And I looked it up and I was like, oh my god, it's her. <laughs> like, they, they just got her. It was so good. Just everything about this movie is perfect. Like, the Enchanted Forest is so cool. As a kid, like, I wish that I could go there. Rothbart, so like give me such weird vibes and i was always like terrified of him as a kid like more than um the one from popper but he's just so like i don't know even him he turns into uh like a bird a raven i think and just everything about him and his uh daughter are just terrifying this movie is so great because they have the unicorn uh, where she follows into the forest. Kind of stupidly, by the way, she's just all willing to just follow this random unicorn that she sees. Um, but I absolutely love this story and it's my favorite. Yeah, I love this movie. This is like a genuinely good film. As speaking of just being a genuinely good film, similar to the scene I was talking about for Princess and the Popper. Like this film has the sequence where he's dancing with Audette on the ballroom floor and it keeps transitioning. He's seeing Barbie, but in reality it's Audette. So it keeps shifting while they're dancing to his point of view where she's Barbie. And then when it's a wide shot, it's always Odette because as an audience, we know who it is. It's just a genuinely yeah. cool visual. Like it's easily the best dance sequence of the entire film or of the entire franchise. Like it's just a really cool dance sequence that looks mm-hmm. really, really cool. Like I was like, holy fucking shit. How did this appear in like the fourth Barbie movie? Like, how is this so good? <laughs> I have no idea how they did this, but it was like a really cool sequence. And I'm uh I, I actually I'm pretty sure this is the third Barbie movie they released. Like this is this is one of their new like one of the very first ones. But I thought the beginning was a little slow, but when she turned into a swan, and then uh, when the prince comes in and he's about to shoot her, and he stops because this guy's a hunter, but he yeah. can't shoot her because she's too gorgeous. He's like, I can't shoot the swan. This is the most gorgeous swan I've ever seen in my entire life. Like that's mm-hmm. hilarious to me. 
this guy like kind of has a thing for animals, you know? Like he he's he was pretty into that I mean, swan. Which you, you know that way. You know, can you blame him? And it was a good looking swan. But I also thought it was hilarious how he wouldn't shoot it because it was such a beautiful swan. He was like so mesmerized by its beauty when the swan landed and turned into Barbie, and he was like, Oh, oh, you're uh you're a human. Like he like <laughs> actually he was, he was really bummed that this really hot swan turned into a human. Like, you know, I think this prince has some uh <laughs> got some questions for him, but you know. Who am she I to a question? Beautiful, she is a beautiful swan, yeah, though. And her dress, swan, yeah. <laughs> her dress at the end is just absolutely breathtaking. Like, yeah, I it love gorgeous. it. You no, know, it was really good. Uh, and then, obviously, I kind of love Rothbard and, and, uh, and Odette. I thought the two of them are some of the best villains of the franchise. They're super fun. I hate annoying yeah. characters. Like, I've already beat that bibble drum for quite a bit. And I hate the elephant <laughs> from the island princess. And you would think... Odette would be in that same camp. But I think she's hilarious. She's so fucking funny. Like, she just wants, she's like, Daddy, can I just have a new pair of shoes? And he's like, Honey, (laughs) if you marry the princess, I'll give you every pair of shoes you want. She's like, Oh, okay, Daddy, I just want shoes. Like, like this poor woman. Yeah. She's living in her own world. She doesn't even want to be part of this evil plan. She just wants, like, some shoes and dresses, you know? You can blame a girl, yeah. all right? You know, she kind of just wants to live her best life. She doesn't want to be part of this evil <laughs> plan. But if this is what her dad wants, if this is what it's going to take for her to get a nice pair of shoes or something, then I guess she'll do it. But I just thought the the two of them together, I thought the two of them were pretty hilarious. And then apparently for him to like become king, he needs the prince to ask his daughter for marriage. And yeah. so he's going to have her pretend to be the princess by putting on a disguise. And, like, I don't really know how the logistics of this magic work. Like, if he asks her to marriage, but he thinks he's asking someone else, is he is he technically asking her to marriage? Like, is he technically getting this power? Because the power is, if he asks her hand in marriage, then, like, he'll suddenly get all this power somehow. But, like, how... If he doesn't think he's actually asking her, like I don't really know how the power, you know, I don't, I mean, I don't know how the powers that be end up working in that favor of his, but somehow, maybe he found a <laughs> loophole in the contract, and you know, I guess that's all that needs to happen. You just need to pretend to be someone else, but you know, it's some of that goofy stuff that I love. Like that's why this is like at four for me. It's kind mm-hmm. of like on the magic of Pegasus level, where like there's some really goofy moments that make it really, really fun. Like this is just a really good time. I, I, I like this one a lot. So is there anything else you wanted to say about your favorite film of the, of the entire cinematic universe of Barbie? I mean, like I think everybody should watch this one if they're going to watch any of them. Um, but nothing I can say lives, like does it justice. Like this is such an amazing film. Um, and I think that when you watch it yourself, you'll really understand like why everyone loves it so much. Um, cause it really does speak for itself. Perfect. And with that, we can move on to number one, according to us, <laughs> the number one film of the Barbie cinematic universe, which is also the film that, uh, might be the reason why people are listening to this podcast to begin with the film that is sweeping the nation right now, the number one film in the world the last few weeks and that is barbie from greta gerwig herself the film that is currently in theaters if you haven't checked it out yet i'm sure everyone has already worn pink and checked it out but here we are talking about 
the newest film of this franchise, the only one in live action with Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling. I have it at number one, and you have it at number three. What's your thoughts on the newest film, Barbie? So I have such like mixed emotions about this movie because I think like the colors and the picture, like everything was beautiful. I think the story kind of got lost for me just a little bit towards the end. Um, I loved how, you know, they made everything as realistic as possible in Barbie land. She flew down to her car. She never actually ate or drank anything. All of that was perfect for me. I also loved how Margot Robbie, she was such a perfect Barbie. Like They could not have picked someone better to play Barbie. Um, she's just beautiful. And um, I wasn't that big of a fan of Ryan Gosling as the blonde. So the whole time that he was on the screen, I was kind of like, ugh, I don't know how I feel about about you, Ken. I did want to give out a big shout out to Alan, though. So underrated. Like I loved Alan so much. Um, he was so funny and different, and I think he deserved like more screen time. I guess also my favorite part, I think, about this movie was... I think her name is Americana in real life. I'm not sure what her name is in the movie. Um, but she is the girl's mom in real life um, who drew all of those uh, different imperfect Barbies. Um, the advice that she gave at Weird Barbie's house, uh, the speech that she made, was super empowering. And it was awesome to see like them explaining the way that women feel in the world. Um, and Barbie also realizing that she hasn't changed the real world. Uh, I think it was it was a really great movie. Um, I just really didn't like the ending where the Kens were supposed to vote and they didn't because they ended up fighting each other. I think they should have changed that and and maybe either the Kens finally like realized what they were doing um, or even having Alan as as the, the last vote. Um, I just didn't like the way that it ended just with a with a beach fight. <laughs> but it was a really good film, and I enjoyed it. Yeah, I, th- I think this film is pretty fucking great. <laughs> I, I, I had a really <laughs> good time with it. I disagree with Ryan Gosling. I think he was one of the standouts of the film. I think he was just genuinely... What? He was so funny to me. I, uh, I was with you at first. I was like, ah, I don't know if he really looks like Ken. You know, like him with blonde hair, I don't really know. And like... Mm-hmm. The look of Ken, I don't know if it necessarily worked, but the performance of Ken absolutely worked. Like, I can't think of an actor. He's this chiseled guy. He's so serious, but every line he says is like the dorkiest and goofiest thing ever. <laughs> like, the way he says these lines, he delivers them so well. Like, they're really, yeah. really funny. So I thought, I thought he was hilarious. He definitely like played Ken well. I think just the look. Any Kendall I had. It was, he never had bleach blonde hair. I think it was like a dirty, like sandy blonde. Um, so he just didn't like look like a real Ken to me, which is why I think I had the disconnect there. I don't really play with Ken, so I don't really know exactly what they look like, <laughs> but I thought he looked pretty good, you know? <laughs> I, th- I thought he was really good. I'm with you as well, though, that Barbie, 
and Michael Sarah's Alan. Like those are also huge standouts for me. Like Alan's just hilarious. And really the movie itself is hilarious. I was shocked at how funny this movie was. It was actually totally different than what I was expecting. I thought it was going to be kind of a deeper movie, which I'm not saying it wasn't deep, but I thought it was going to be a more serious analysis of the Barbie product and what it's represented to society. Like I thought it would have taken itself way more seriously than it really did. Like it's really not that serious of a film and it's way funnier than I thought it was going to be. I thought they I thought they showed all the good jokes in the trailer. I really thought they were not going to go full comedy, but this was easily <laughs> one of the funniest films I've seen in a while. Like it was a really funny movie. I laughed a lot at this film. I thought it was really really fun. The production design, the costumes, the performances, everything was great. Like everyone was on their A game. And uh, I really liked the ending you know, uh, them taking down the kingdom. And I actually didn't mind that Ken's not showing up because they're too busy fighting. That just seems like the most Ken move ever. <laughs> um, and I think if like this happened in a normal movie, I would have been like, okay, they didn't show up, like that's cheap. But just the Ken's fighting with like blow up toys and like the beach, you know, <laughs> and they miss out on like a very important vote for them to keep power. That, that, that kind of checks out for what I saw in the first hour and a half of this movie. So, you know, <laughs> that was totally okay with me that they were too busy fighting on a beach to uh make it to the vote <laughs> uh the only part that like i didn't love is i think when she goes to the real world a lot of that stuff i started to check out like i thought a lot of the mattel stuff was a little too on the nose because this movie was literally approved by mattel so like them being like oh mattel's so against this like they're so like sexist and stuff and i was like well you know they are the ones that made this movie, right? Like, they clearly yeah. <laughs> are not that. So, like, it was a little too much. Like, you you could see the corporate hands on the movie a little bit at the middle. And I uh, also didn't really like the uh, the high school scene where she goes and, like, the girl's, like, calling her a fascist and making a speech about how horrible <laughs> Barbie dolls are. Like, if she was, like, I don't know, like, 25 would make more sense. But, like, this 16-year-old or whatever has, like, some really strong opinions about Barbie. Like, Barbies have not been that popular the last 15 years. Like, I don't know what this... Like, this 16-year-old has some real strong thoughts on Barbie. Like, I don't... Yeah. That, I was kind of like, eh. You know, I'm not really buying that. But, you know, when they're in the Barbie world at the beginning, and then they go back to the Barbie world pretty quickly uh, in the film, they're only in the real world for about, like, 20 minutes. Uh, all that is great. Like, everything in the Barbie world, just the look of it, the story revolving around it, them having to take down the Kens again, like everything about that is really, really fun. I think, I think this is a really fun movie. I, I had a really good time with it. I was laughing the whole way through. <laughs> it's just a genuinely fun time. It's also genuinely fun to see this film do so well because online it's pretty fucking toxic at times. And uh, some people have said yeah. some horrible things about this film that just are ridiculous and clearly based on prejudice that you know uh you know maybe maybe they kind of wish they were part of the patriarchy that the kens were part of like you know like yeah you know it's uh it's got some weird uh takes online right now and it's good to see that no matter what people are saying about it it doesn't matter because it's doing really really well this this might be the number one film of the year in a few weeks like this might be that big like it's it's doing way better than i thought it would like it's doing incredible Every performance in this film, Margaret Robbie, Ryan Gosling, they deserve to finally get some recognition. I feel like they haven't been part of a huge film, unless you count like Margaret Robbie and Suicide Squad or something. But like, finally, some of my favorite actors are finally getting some recognition. Greta Gerwig, who directed this film, 
directs fantastic female-led films. And now that she's doing so well, she's already picked up another big project, Narnia, with Netflix. Good wow. for her. Like, like let's fucking Good go. Like, yeah, like, I'm really happy for her. I hope she can just take all of these studios money and just make these crazy ips and make them really good like barbie was way better than that i thought it was gonna be like this was a really fun film so you know i had a good time with it uh you know anything from like weird barbie to you know a, a, a <laughs> gloria america ferrara's speech that you were talking about like all that stuff like it yeah. was able to go from being very serious but very goofy very quickly it was able to keep the balance uh i, I thought it was great See, I love that you mentioned, like, all the things that people are saying online, because I love reading, like, all the stuff that people are saying, because it's so interesting, the different types of people that are taking the different points in the movie. Um, Like, some people are taking such a very small thing and just running with it, which I think is hilarious, because it's obviously not the intention. So this is probably one of the most, like, controversial movies this year. And I think that, like, it's so interesting to see what so many other people have to say and, like, what each person takes out of the movie. You know, if you have an issue with it, just try and enjoy it for what it is. Like, it's just a fun film. And yeah. at the same time, it has a message. And if you got a problem with the message, like, you know, maybe do some self-reflecting, right? Like, it's a message about how women should have just as much power as men and if you're watching that you're going well i don't want my kids to learn that and it's like well why not right yeah <laughs> like, like if you got a problem with that i don't, I don't know what to tell you you know <laughs> that's an issue for you you know it's not the movie's problem it's it's a you problem i don't know no, I don't exactly know what to say. yeah exactly and that's what makes it like so great especially since um i know you saw this movie like opening day i think but I waited, like, a week to see it, so I was already seeing, like, little memes and, like, random references to people online using quotes from the movies, and it was super interesting to wait a little bit and then um, go watch it myself and then to come back to see what all these people are saying and just kind of, like, it just, it's so wild because there's so many, like, different views on this movie. Yeah, that's a good point. I watched it right off the bat. So when people are saying, oh my gosh, the, the messaging in this movie, it's so inappropriate for kids. I, I can't believe they made this. Like I went, okay, well, it's really not if you watch the movie, like calm down. But like from your point of view, were you thinking, oh my gosh, this is gonna be like a really scandalous film. This is gonna be crazy. Honestly, like I didn't think it was going to be, yeah. Um, but I definitely thought it was going to be like more political than it already is. And I didn't even find it like that political. I think they they made it political in a fun way and not such a serious way. But from the reviews that I was seeing, like they made it seem so like horrible. So it was nice that I was able to go and like form my own opinion after seeing like so many different people already expressing it online. Yeah, that's fair that you would assume it'd be more political because it really does give that vibe. But when you watch it, it's really not. It's uh, it's just a fun film that uh, honestly, you haven't checked it out yet. But I imagine anyone that has sat here for a two and a half hour podcast about Barbies has probably <laughs> seen the Barbie movie already. But if you haven't, uh, we did spoil a little bit of the movie and I apologize for that. But you should go check it out. Like It's just a really fun time. We didn't even really talk about any of the jokes. And like I said, I think this is easily like the funniest film of the year. Like it's just a really fun time. So 
anybody will have fun with it. Uh, I also just think it's great to have a movie to bring your daughters to. Like, I just feel like maybe this is just my point of view and maybe I'm just living in an isolated bubble because, you know, I am <laughs> a 28-year-old guy that doesn't have a daughter. So, like, what the fuck do I know? But I don't think there's that many movies for, like, little girls to watch in theaters anymore. Like, there is Marvel and there's DC and there's Star Wars and there's Dune. Like, every big movie is centered for guys like even the other movies that are huge this year guardians of the galaxy that's you know yeah kind of for guys super mario that's kind of for guys like there's not a good movie for little girls to go watch anymore and i feel like this is just a great film that they've desperately been needing it's kind of crazy it took this on no yeah you're absolutely right on that i was thinking the same thing i brought my brother to the movie um which is iconic but um even like in the car afterwards, he and I were talking, and um, he did say like it, it it really is a movie catered more towards women and children, only because there isn't really anything out there out there for them anymore. So if anyone should watch it, it should definitely be the little girls and and the older generation too. So. Yeah, I don't know if you know this, but this is the number one film of all time opening week for a female director. This made the most money ever in the history of film directed by a woman. Let's so, go. So big win for Greta Gerwig to get that title. Like that's that's pretty big. Yeah, that's awesome. Fuck yeah. How hard did your audience laugh at the uh, joke about how the narrator was like, well, this probably would have meant a lot more if it wasn't from someone that looks like Margot Robbie. Oh, uh, okay, everybody laughed, but I just want to say there was this one lady in the theater, and she had probably one of the worst laughs I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> not to, like, not oh to God. shame her or anything, but just, like, every single joke, she did, like, the same laugh, and it was so loud, it, like, echoed. Which made me laugh. I mean, she had an infectious laugh, but it was just so funny because, yeah, um, that's my one memory that I do have is this one lady with just a very obnoxious laugh. Did uh, did it sound like Odette from Swan Lake? Kind of, yeah. Kind <laughs> of. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, in our theater, we had like this, uh, so this guy that was like sitting right beside us, he had like the biggest like belly laugh ever and he laughed at I everything love- it was really funny I-, I i didn't mind it at all i thought it was funny but That's yeah awesome. <laughs> like the smallest joke and you just hear ha, 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 ha. like he he <laughs> loved it he was he was a big fan of every single joke in the movie and honestly i respect that you know we, we gotta we, you know the, the men here are supporting barbie like let's fucking go you know he was having the best time of his fucking life that was his favorite movie of the awesome. year no doubt you know, I'm sorry that this is the one that beat out all the animated movies. I feel bad. I feel like I uh, I bumped it up there, but <laughs> so that is everything for our Barbie ranking. That's all 16 of the Barbie films. We just listed them all off. Is there anything else you wanted to get off your chest? Anything else you want to let us know about Barbie before we wrap it up here? No, no. I just wanted to say um, thank you for having me. It's been an honor to be on the podcast. I've wanted to do one with you for so long, so it's only fitting that we did Barbie. And I just hope that everyone out there 
loves Barbie as much as you and I did. How could they not? How could they not? Uh, of course they love it. <laughs> and is there anything you wanted to plug? Did you have a podcast that you are now running by any chance? Uh, no, not <laughs> yet. Uh, that might be in the works. Um, we're going to see how well this one went. Oh, so and good. then um, This is the test. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, this is the test. But possibly in the future, there could be my own podcast running. Okay, sounds good. So next time you're on, you'll be able to plug a podcast? Of course. Okay, so looking forward to it. That sounds good. Thank you so much for being on, Dewey. It's It's been great. I would have wanted no one else to discuss Barbie with. Uh, you know, we have the Barbie professional herself, the one that <laughs> knows all the inner layers of Genevieve and, you know, all those other Barbies. So it was great to have you on. <laughs> Thank you for having me. It was a very big honor. All right. Have a fantastic day, everybody. And go check out Barbie right now in theaters.